rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, we're back again. Hi, I'm Tara, in case you missed it. I just tried to do another show and it went and it crapped out. My sound crapped out on the on the ecam. I don't know why. Shit went uh it went blank. Everything went nuts and there you go. The show the show stopped. So, I had to restart the stream. Anyway, hopefully everybody will come on over and find the show. Find us. And we were talking about what we were talking about the other day because it's important and i'm i'm really irritated about everything that's happening i'm uh, the about the corporate media frankly it's probably the number one reason and well gop voter suppression it's all related i'm looking on the chat jim and thank you for your super chat and the other when we first started the show of course jim you're right out of the gate I really appreciate it. And we can't do it without you. That's for sure. And that's what I'm saying. This is why they get away with what they get away with. This did not happen overnight. They're able to get away with what they can get away with. Voter suppression, gerrymandering, gerrymandering. This is happening for generations. It's not. It's nothing new. They've been at it a long time. They've perfected it. The art of voter suppression and disenfranchisement. Look at what we're look at what they're up against. They have to go up against the entire ideology of democratic republic, of a free demo or so-called free. Okay, I I put quotes around that democratic republic. I put quotes around that too, based on yeah, a, a nation of laws, equal protection under the law. Uh, a nation of immigrants, everything that is America, they have issues with. So in this environment, they still have to advance their ideology. They got to do all that they can. And they need media to do that. So the elites, the rich, they, they're not stupid. They have no morals. Not all. I mean, I'm not saying all the rich people. I'm saying that it's, it's this, uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> this fight that we're up against is as old as recorded history. They don't like that the rules keep changing. That we, at a point, we've always been at this point. This has been going on for years, for generations. That we've been at a point where enough. We want... So we want the promises of this country to be actualized. It's a, enough is enough. And they use racism to divide us. They have always done that. Give them something. Yeah, what, what did um, one of those Nazis say? It works. It was maybe it was Goring because we were talking about Goring in the other show. I mean, well, in the first part that got fucked up. Herman Goring. It works the same in every country. Tell the people that are under attack. Denounce the, uh, denounce the uh, the critics for their lack of patriotism. It works the same in every country. It's the same here. This works the same in every country. Economic disparity, concentrated wealth, and power. 
it works the same in every country. How can they do that? They need to work within the paradigms of what seeming what is seemingly American or patriotic, which is why they're, they're full of shit. They have to wrap themselves in the accoutrements of patriotism and pretend everything that they're, that they're doing is patriotic. So, and it's not. Not in the least. If they were true patriots, they would fight like a rabid dog on a chicken wing for an economic system that works for all. A system that leaves no one behind. The system that we have, this serfs and lords system, it's not just the economic disparity that has us it really on our last legs. The um, Democratic Republic is on its last, last legs because you can't have a functioning Democratic Republic and, and a system with such income disparity and upward immobility and such... Um, I, the majority of Americans live check to check. That's a failure of government, not of the people. Maybe it's a failure of a people in as much as we have been worked to death and distracted to death. And we have constantly been propagandized to believe that it's, this, it's not the system, it's us. If we fail, it's because we have failed. Not the system has failed us, but a system th that works for all. What, how come you look on all, at all these other countries? You know, I look at countries like the Scandinavian countries and you say how do they how are they the consistently the happiest countries on earth because they have an obligation to each other partly that's part of it the obligation is we're in this together and you can't have a country uh, uh, that is so I mean the the cognitive dissonance of this country uh, that is built on e pluribus unum united states e pluribus unum is our national motto out of many one and then you have a system where politicians even those who pretend to be on the side of the people the democrats the dlc democrats daring to propose policies that are based on slicing us and, and dicing us. So we are all at each other's throats fighting over the crumbs and into this effed up system steps a militarized police force. Of course, they need, the, just as, as Augustus Caesar needed the Praetorian Guard, they need them to keep the broken-ass system intact. And it's shocking and appalling. And it's nothing... Yeah, Nancy took a knee. Resist Evolve says on the chat. Yes, but she took a knee. I know. Don't you feel so much better? And NASCAR just came out saying tonight that they're going to ban the, the, tra the traitor's flag, the flag of losers and traitors and racists. And trust me, I'm not saying uh, there are races everywhere. So I, a couple of things I wanted to play because we were playing MLK 
basically I see I see it happening again. What they've done to Martin Luther King, you notice how Martin Luther King's radical message of economic justice and social justice. Economics and social justice are the same thing. It is racial justice. That is economic justice. It's and he recognized this. We all we do. Normal people do. Real patriots, real liberals. You, it's not just about the uh, making nice cops. I'm sorry. Not in the least. So let's keep playing uh, what I was playing in the first show. Hopefully the goddamn show won't bug out again. That was pretty annoying. I wonder why it did that. What's wrong? What do I have open that... I don't have a lot of shit open either, so, on the computer. Let me see. All right, here is MLK again. Excuse me. Single, a new name for an old phenomenon. I see the white backlash as a continuation of the same. And as I said earlier, I made a mistake on this graphic, obviously. This is not MLK in 1970 because he was already assassinated. So, unfortunately, um, I made a mistake because I grabbed some footage of Angela Davis, and which I will play later. And that was from 1970. So I messed up, all right, people? I messed up. So I'm going to cover that so they don't say... So they don't make fun of me. Like like Carrie, they're all going to laugh at me. In my dreams, they laugh at me. That doesn't matter. Who cares? If they fuck them, fuck them all. But here's MLK. Has existed uh, since the founding of our nation. I think the other thing that uh, we must see at this time is that many of the people who supported us in Selma, in Birmingham, were really outraged about the extremist behavior toward Negroes. But they were not at that moment, and they are not now, committed to genuine equality for Negroes. It's much easier to integrate a lunch counter than it is to guarantee an annual income, for instance, to get rid of poverty for Negroes and all poor people. It's you hear that? What did he say? For Negroes and all poor people. That's how it has to be. We have to look at each other as Americans. We and not it doesn't mean that we don't recognize the the inherent bigotry racism of this country and and the bigotry that people hold in their hearts. It's part of coming together it's part of e pluribus unum to have a country that works for all not one that's sliced and diced into all kinds of levels that's the what country that the racists like that the oppression that the jim crow laws it's sort of the same thing really when you think about it if you have systems that or just these uh subsidy Systems. The subsidies are not for us. They're for the broken system. It's like Nancy Pelosi bailing out the insurance companies. 
instead of the people, instead of expanding Medicaid and allowing people to get on Medicaid, period, end of sentence. Instead, they, they gave another handout to the insurance racketeers who have murdered us for generations and kept this disparity and given racists and, and the economic royalists a reason to keep us divided. I got mine. That has to be a thing of the past. When you, if you dare get up there as a Democratic candidate and say, well, I, uh, I don't believe in, every, in Medicare for all because these people might lose what they have, then you're a goddamn, you're not a patriot. You're not. You're an economic royalist. You are a, a, uh, a tool of the economic royalists. And you're dividing this country. How dare Americans say, oh, well, I got mine, so fuck the rest of them? Screw them? Screw those who have nothing? This is why we're sick, you understand? And into this sick country, we have a sick, dis- upli- upwardly immobile nation where near 80%, 80% of the American people live paycheck to paycheck. How is that a functioning democracy? There's no protection for sick leave. There's no vacation leave, not like every other country. You know what's wrong with the American people is they they need to get out more. Man, you need to look around. These dumbass conservatives, or so they call themselves, need to get off of Breitbart and take a look around the world. Use that portal into the, the window into the whole world and take a look at how you've been played. How much longer will we take it? I ask that question all the time. How much longer? How much longer do I have to endure this? How much longer do we have to put up with this? This is why. You don't hear this. You don't hear this shit on MSNBC, CNN. You won't. I expect you not to hear it on Fox. Of course I do. But do not tell me that there is a liberal media. It exists here. That's the corporate media has done this to us again. Every Martin Luther King Jr. Day. How, oh, uh, they play the same old, I have a dream that we will one day judge each other by the content of our character, not the color of our skin. That's easy. They're not playing this, though. And MLK saw right through it. It is easy to integrate a lunch counter and much harder for the American people to really eradicate the disparities in this country and deal with racism in that way. To look at each other as fellow Americans, my brothers and sisters, all of us, we're in this together. We have more in common, the working people of this country have more in common with each other than we will ever have with those at the top who are dividing and conquering us all, especially uh, Nancy Pelosi with her two two 
$25,000 refrigerators, taking a knee. Well, where the fuck were you for 30, 40 years? How, how long have you been in Congress? You can only, uh, well, I got to be pragmatic. You only got to be pragmatic in a system that leaves millions out when you are working for the oppressors. You got to be pragmatic? Whose side are you on? I'm sick of these Dems. Too. I mean, I get it. I expect Republicans. I, I, that's what we get from them. We expect them to be the fascists that they are. They, that's how it is. In every Republican chest beats the heart of fascism. I have said it for, for decades. And they prove me right all the time. Every day, they prove me right. And even more. More alarmingly so. So, now, they're doing it to us again. Trust me. This is like um, the revolution sponsored by Pepsi. Earth Day sponsored by BP. Corporations, they're all... I, I know you're on Twitter and you see what I see. All these corporations, Goldman Sachs, starting a, a fund, or we are so, uh, we're, we stand with black lives. Get the fuck out of here. Goldman Sachs? That has its disgusting tentacles in every economic crash, everybody's pain for, for 100, 100 years. The pain of this country. The suicides, the addictions, the income disparity and upward immobility. You think when they're spending all that money on lobbying congressmen or they're greasing palms, you think they're talking to them about Black Lives Matter? Or, you know, um, it's really not um, a functioning democracy if we have a system that is this upwardly immobile and economically uh, unequal. You think that the Goldman Sachs lobbyists are going to their our representatives, bribing them legally, and saying, you know, um, I don't think that a functioning democracy, uh, as Justice Louis Brandeis said, you can't have democracy and concentrated wealth you must make your choice. Oh, we must make our choice. You think that that's what they're t discussing in their wine caves? I'm tired. I'm sick of it. It's up to my the tips of my goddamn hair. I'm tired of the game. And I know you are too. You must be. You're here. Wake up. Wake the F up. If you're a working class person, wake up. I, I, we have a duty. Not only to, to fight the Republicans. They have to be fought because they're disgusting and they are unfit to hold leadership positions in a modern nation. But we have to push these Democrats, these fake Democrats... They call themselves Democrats. I don't know. 
they have to be pushed or something has to give. Either they have to change. Obviously, they're not changing anytime soon, but we have to make them change. Or, I don't know. Some people have, they, they think the Democratic Party is irredeemable. I've heard many arguments about that. Sometimes I have to agree. And then I think, well, we, I think that we have more of a chance to try and change it from the inside, but I don't know. I just don't know. Maybe that's me being naive. Hope springs eternal, maybe? But every time Nancy Pelosi does some stupid stunt and backs it up with nothing, feckless ripping up a paper, taking a knee, they, of course, they want the same outcome as their benefactors, meaning let's do some some, uh, tinkering around the edges Let's have some police reform. Okay, we'll, we get it. Nobody likes seeing somebody murdered on the street. That's about um, a little bit too... One more murder too many, I guess. But there would be none of that. We wouldn't have a militarized police force. We wouldn't have a fascist government right now. A, an autocrat, a dictator-envying autocrat squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes if we had a country that was functioning. First of all, he wouldn't even be there despite receiving fewer votes if we didn't have a history of pandering with to racists, okay? That whole electoral college is a pander to the goddamn racists in this country who are afraid that democracy would break out and they would have to be relieved of their human property. That was, This whole country has, has struggled since its inception because of that. Because some people wanted to own other human beings. And others, oh, everything was a compromise. The compromise of 1860, the compromise of 18, whatever the hell. It's always a compromise. But you're compromising with evil. You're compromising human beings. But guess what? We are on that menu to everybody. We're all being compromised. And... MLK recognized that, but they, they're not going to show this clip on MSNBC. This is a, a, yeah, the NBC, this was an NBC interview. How come they don't play this one? This is, they own this footage, I would imagine. I only see, I had a dream or have a dream. I might not get to the mountaintop and ask any children. What, what do they learn about Martin Luther King? He had a dream. Okay, I had a fucking dream last night, man. I, I was naked, I was falling, and my teeth were flying out of my skull. And then I woke up here in this this kiss-up, kick-down, fake-ass, dying empire. And I was like, what? 40 million unemployed? The only country with 40 million unemployed? What? 
with a goddamn fascist with dick tater envy squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes thanks to the vestiges of slavery that this country has yet to heal from? For sure. The whole country is sick. And that's why I always encourage us as human beings that we're in this together. Black, white, gay, straight, short, tall. Whether you look like me, a ghost, any whiter I'd look like you'd be calling me Casper. Or you have darker pigment. What's the difference? We are all born or we pledge allegiance to this American flag. We're in this country at the same time. We're sharing this blip of time together. And we could do goddamn better. And we have to. There is no... These are distinctions without a difference. We are Americans. So... How is it that every other country can manage to ensure that they, their people have health care, their people have vacation, have sick leave? When they get sick, you see what happens Like if you're in England, if you get sick, your first thought isn't, how am I going to pay for it? Unbelievable. Not at all. And you you have 30 days vacation, pat, or sick leave. Not here. There's nothing here. You, that's paid, at least. And you don't have to worry. You don't have to go on GoFundMe while you're taking cancer treatments. You don't have to have your pals shoot a video of you getting your chemo and vomiting, hoping it will kind of pull somebody's heartstrings and your effing GoFundMe campaign will go viral. What kind of shitty, sick-ass bullshit is this? And then they say, this is, I heard this, um, about, well, uh, the VA. The VA is the, you know, those who are in government health care, so-called, socialist medicine, are they are um, the VA consistently ranks high on uh, users? Um, what's the word? You know how they they like the VA healthcare. Of course, there are problems everywhere, but nobody says I don't like my VA healthcare. Once you're in the system. It is a good system. Yes, people have to... There's shit that's fucked up. That's what... It's a byproduct of being a human being. If human beings are involved, things get fucked up. That's how it works. Nothing is perfect. So you don't... But it doesn't mean you, you destroy the whole system like Republicans would like to do. They need... They use every... They exploit every opportunity just like they exploit every fissure of disunity, as uh, Vice President Henry Wallace explained. But so in socialized medicine, they like the socialized medicine. And I was in the military, so it's not that bad. I'll tell you, I didn't have anything major, but it's nice going to the doctor and just showing your card and you get to see a doctor. And they give you medicine and that's it. You go. You go on your way. Then nobody's like... Um, you know, uh, 
Got, what, what is it? MasterCard or Visa? MasterCard, Visa, or Discover. And anyway, the point is, I heard some filthy fascist. I'm not, I'm not, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have even been John McCain or one of the, it was a Republican saying that, well, that's the part of, that's the VA healthcare. This is how they differentiate it. VA healthcare is part of the deal we make with soldiers. So we, they sign up and they serve their country and we say to them, we will care for you, your health. Uh, that's such a fucking cop out. So as Thomas Jefferson boasted back in the day that we had no standing army because we had no paupers to furnish the materials... So what the Republicans want to say is that, oh, well, we, the VA is different because we're, we're giving that to those who serve. But guess what, Bubby? Everybody serves, whether you're in a uniform or not. We all make this bitch go round. And I don't mean this bitch. I'm talking about this goddamn world. We're in this to whether you wear a uniform, this whole, um, this whole, uh, sucking up to people in uniform too, has got to, we got to put that shit in check, people. That's how we're here. It's partly why we're in the boat we're in. But yeah, uh, you don't have a country if people can't go to the doctor when they're sick and... You're in the middle of a pandemic. No wonder. We have over 2 million people in this country with the goddamn coronavirus. The highest amount of people and the, and the most death. You think that has anything to do? Of course it has to do with filthy, disgusting Twitler and everything that he touches and the Republican Party, the ghouls that, that uh, run that disgusting party. But it also has to do with the fact that the American people don't go to the doctor when they're sick. They go, oh, shit, I hope it's not serious. I can't afford it. I can't afford $400. We have a country where the majority of people live check to check and can't save $400. And that's the best that Nancy Pelosi can do is take a knee and tell us, don't give me this shit. This is why I'm pissed off. Don't give me this crap that it's only, uh, the only thing we have to do is tinker around the edges of police reform in some communities. This is a class war. We're not, I didn't recognize it. It's not just me saying it. I played the video of the last show, James Baldwin, saying the same thing. How long do we have to be told the same goddamn thing? Here's MLK saying the same thing. I don't want to hear this shit. I have a dream. Oh, isn't that lovely? Who's MLK? He had a dream. He had a dream, everyone. 
that we can all get along in our least upwardly mobile country where you can't save $400. Yeah, sheeple, it'll be so much better if you all just play nice with each other. You know, we'll we'll have some less militarized cops. Don't worry. When you go, officer, can you point me to the nearest um, food bank? Right over there, miss. You're very welcome. Oh, thank you, sir. I feel so much better. This is a great, great country. Unfortunately... I can't say $400, but at least I'll see Jesus soon. If only. I'm so glad that we have the most billionaires here, and now they're going to go to Mars. Isn't that wonderful? We can't eat. You know, Granny died from cutting her medicine in half, but, you know... She's, uh, she's in heaven now. And Jeff Bezos is going to Mars. That's amazing. What a great country we live in. Thank God MLK had a dream. It was such a nice dream. He was floating on clouds and unicorns and rainbow Skittles and... Oh, don't say Skittles. That might trigger some... We might remember how a young man was murdered for uh, going to the store and getting some Skittles, but... Anyway. Let's listen to MLK's... His real dream. It's easier to integrate a bus uh, than it is to make genuine integration a reality and quality education a reality in our schools. It's much easier to Hello. integrate even a public park than it is to get rid of slums. And I think we are in a new era, a new phase of the struggle, where we have moved from a struggle for decency, which characterized our struggle for 10 or 12 years, to a struggle for genuine equality. And this is where we are getting the resistance because there was never any intention uh, to go this far. People Hello. were reacting to Bull Connor and to Jim Clark rather than acting in good faith for the realization of genuine equality. Do you think white people in this country, and I'm talking about non-segregationists, people devoid or thinking they're devoid of racism, do you have any idea of what they want the Negro to be in America? Well, it depends on the level that we are talking here. Uh, because I think you have to make a distinction between the people who are genuinely and absolutely committed in the white community on the question of, of racial equality. And I must confess that I think they're in a very small minority. I think the vast majority of white Americans uh, will go but so far. It's a kind of installment plan for equality. And uh, they are always looking for an excuse uh, to go, but so far. There you go. What do you think? It's exactly what we've been saying. How much longer do we have to say the same things? And how much longer will they continue to pull the wool over our eyes? 
and change the subject and redirect the rage. He said exactly what we say on this show every week. It's easy. Single genuine equality. And this is where we're getting the resistance because there was never any intention uh, to go this far. People were reacting to Bull Connor and to Jim Clark rather than acting in good faith for the realization of genuine equality. Do you think... What do you think is going on right now? The same thing. Everyone's disgusted. It's contemptible to see what happened to George Floyd. But it wasn't contemptible to see what happened to Armand Aubrey or Brianna Gray. Uh, yeah, Brianna, what's her name? Brianna Gray? Brianna? Um, now her name is slipping me. Brianna. Taylor, sorry. Brianna, Brianna Taylor. And the Trayvon Martin and the, and the laundry list. Eric Garner. These names that are people, the names of human beings that were murdered in this country on the front lines of the class war. So here's another video that I grabbed of MLK. Talking about, he wasn't just talking about uh, dreaming about being on a mountaintop or what the, f what is that shit anyway? I had a dream. I'm not making fun of MLK. I'm thinking of how they have, they how they have basically neutered him into a corporate, another corporate entity, another palatable for the elite entity that they could have the masses swallow. Meanwhile, when he was alive, these same economic royalists. They disparaged him. They attacked him. He's a commie. He hates America. A rabble rouser. He's racist. Yeah, you hear these calls. Oh, he's a racist. Well, this is what they still do today. They talk about, oh, if you're... It's reverse racism. He was pointing out the facts. Oh, you don't love America. You must not love this country. Unreal. Here's here's some more MLK. We must also realize that the problems of racial injustice and economic injustice cannot be solved without a radical redistribution of political and economic power. The other thing I want you to understand is this. And it didn't cost the nation one penny to integrate lunch counters. It didn't cost the nation one penny to guarantee the right to vote. That's but now we are dealing with issues that cannot be solved without the nation spending billions of dollars and undergoing a radical redistribution of economic power. Yeah. We read one Hello. day... We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But if a man doesn't have a job or an income, he has neither life nor liberty and the possibility for the pursuit of happiness. 
He merely exists. All labor has dignity. Yes. But you are doing another thing. You are reminding not only Memphis, but you are reminding the nation that it is a crime for people to live in this rich nation and receive starvation wages. Hello. Estimated that we spend $322,000 for each enemy we kill in Vietnam, while we spend in the so-called war on poverty in America only about $53 for each person classified as poor. The promises of the great society have been shot down on the battlefield of Vietnam making the poor white and negro bear the heaviest burdens both at the front and at home america's opportunity that's why he was murdered everybody if he was talking about black people and white people hanging out together just i have a dream everybody can hang out and be nice he wouldn't have been murdered That's the bottom line. This is a radical message. We talk about it here every day on this show. That's why he was murdered. And this is why you don't hear this. They don't play these clips on MLK Day. Anybody see these clips before? Unless they went looking for them. You're not going to see them on the corporate media. Not at all. I never heard these clips on corporate media. How many times have you heard, I got a dream? Can you count? Oh, I was there. I heard James uh, Clyburn the other day say, I was there when MLK gave his I got a dream speech. I was there. As if that was the end all and be all of what he was talking about when it wasn't even the tip of the iceberg it's the palatable slice of what he was talking about it's something that white people the economic royalists they could they could deal with that okay let's be nicer let's have a nicer all right let's uh everybody Let's eat together on the uh, on the food bank line. To help bridge the gulf between the haves and the have-nots. And the question is whether America will do it. There's nothing new about poverty. What is new is that we now have the techniques and the resources to get rid of poverty. The real question is whether we have the will. At the very same time that America refused to give the Negro any land, through an act of Congress, 
our government was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that it was willing to undergird its white peasants from Europe with an economic floor. But not only did they give the land, they built land-grant colleges with government money to teach them how to farm. Not only that, they provided county agents to further their expertise in farming. Not only that, they provided low interest rates in order that they could mechanize their farms. Not only that, today many of these people are receiving millions of dollars in federal subsidies not to farm, and they are the very people telling the black man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. Hello. Hello. And this is what we are faced with. And this is a reality. Now, when we come to Washington hmm. in this campaign, we are coming to get our check. <laughs> right? That's why it was shot. We're coming to get our check. Where's our piece of the pie? It's true. And as Daniel says on the chat, it was indigenous stolen land, too, that they were giving away. Here tonight and plead with you. Believe in yourself and believe that you're somebody. As I said to a group last night, nobody else can do this for. No document can do this for. No Lincolnian Emancipation Proclamation can do this for us. No Kennesonian or Johnsonian Civil Rights Bill can do this for us. If the Negro is to be free, he must move down into the inner resources of his own soul and sign with a pen and ink of self-assertive manhood his own Emancipation Proclamation. Let anybody take your manhood. Be proud of our heritage. As somebody said earlier tonight, we don't have anything to be ashamed of. Somebody told a lie one day. They couched it in language. They made everything black, ugly, and evil. Look in your dictionary and see the synonyms of the word black. Mm -hmm. It's always something degrading and low and sinister. Look at the word white. It's always something pure, high, and clean. But I want to get the language right tonight. the language so right that everybody here will cry out, yes, I'm black, I'm proud of it, I'm black and beautiful. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I never heard these speeches either. Never. Until I went looking for them. I went looking for 
MLK's radical economic justice speeches. And there are plenty of them. And thank you, Robin, for your super chat. If you're watching anywhere else, come on over to our RDT Daily YouTube channel. That's the basically where all the cool people are. I mean, cool people are everywhere. I'm sorry. But that's where I will be reading the chats from the YouTube. If you're on Facebook or on Twitter or on Twitch, come on over to YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash RDT Daily Media. And you're also able to, if you feel like it, throw in a couple of super chats or, th- or two or three. Or become a patron or and or at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. That helps. It keeps us going. This is the liberal media. Thank you, Patricia. <laughs> cute little. Cute little. Cheering. Sheba dog. And Patricia is. Uh, I, these guys. You guys are doing double duty. Also a patron. So. We need about a thousand more of you. I hope that we'll get there eventually. Sooner rather than later. Because I ain't getting any younger. And I'm certainly not getting any less irritated (laughs) i don't know sometimes i wonder i really do i get i say to myself how how am i how can i do this how can i keep going i need i mean i don't know it's so depressing and then i think about mark our friend our millennial friend and i wonder what kind of world we we're living in and leaving him. So Jim, did you Jim on the chat? Did you do what did you say? Did you how bad Georgia fucked up their election? Did I what? I didn't talk about it. I mean, what's to talk about? Georgia is we're I mean, this has been going on. Voter suppression. Gerrymandering effing with the vote. This is a sign of fascism. That's one of the telltale signs. Fraudulent elections. And the Republicans, that's why I say in every Republican chest beats the heart of fascism because they don't even know it. You think, I'm sure they consider themselves, many of them, they consider themselves good Americans. Or they love this country. But yeah, this is what's always alarming to me about Republicans, because they don't care how they win as long as they win. And when they win, we lose. We all lose. That's the bottom line. They hate democracy, and they use their power to dismantle democracy. And it never ceases to amaze me. I, I, it's baffling because I know for myself, as a as somebody who identifies as a Democrat, I I feel I am a real Democrat. I don't want to hear this shit. 
the so-called Democrats, they're like, oh, I'm a real Democrat. What's a real Democrat? I keep asking. I never get an answer. In my view, a real Democrat is somebody who leaves no one behind. That's a real Democrat. Not just takes a knee. He doesn't just do stupid uh, gestures, empty gestures. It's someone who is capable of functioning in a free democratic society. And so as far as being a fascist and the fraudulent elections, this is why I always say that I don't really bother. I don't, I'm not here to debate with fascists, okay, with Republicans. I'm just putting the camera down so you can see Tara Jr. Because it makes you happy. It makes me happy. Look at him. Look at this thing right there. Look at that. Look at him. Look at this thing. He's a good boy. Look at this. Look at him. (laughs) I order you to look at this cat. Is that a person or what? (laughs) He's crazy. Anyway, so this is why I think that... Okay. My opinion. My... uh, my view of things as far as being a Democrat and a Republican. I, I don't have any time to debate with Republicans. I don't care. They are fascists. They're irredeemable. Whatever. We must continue to evolve without them. But the DLC Democrats, you, I, I think we have more hope with them. Just because they identify as Democrats... In my view, I might be wrong, but I feel like they, at least, they're trying. Or so, or maybe that's just me projecting. At least they're trying not to be disgusting, anti-democratic, racists, and misogynists. At least they're trying. I don't know. Some of them, yeah, of course, they're greedy. They're self-serving. They, they don't see the forest through the trees we're trying yeah they're slightly less fascist and but it as jim says on the chat so it's it's really someone's heart so i when i first became uh, old enough to vote i registered as an independent i said oh i will Vote for the person who I feel shares my views or has the best idea, whatever the fuck I told myself or whoever was whoever was listening and who cares. And then I noticed that, well, I'm voting for Democrats. I'm always, every election, I'm voting for a Democrat. And in New York, you have to be a registered Democrat to participate in the primary. So I changed my registration to Democratic. And I've never had the reason to change it otherwise. So anyway, I feel that in certain, I mean, that people who are identify as Democrats, they must kind of have some somewhat of a process. And I think where they they say, I'm not a douchebag, I'm not a racist, I'm not a complete moron. I might want to get back to brunch, but I uh, I am more I more identify with the Democratic Party. I'm sorry, Junior. I got to put you down. 
<laughs> Sorry, honey. Here. Okay. So, anyway, that's why I feel like, you know, talking to them, you have more of a chance. Yet, I don't know, maybe I'm uh, not seeing it clearly. And, but because with Republicans, who and who thinks, okay, you're living in a democratic republic, a constitutionally limited democratic republic. The filthy, disgusting Republicans, when they lose an election, they, they say, how can we prevent our opposition from voting? They're not going out there and knocking on doors, building a coalition. They're coming up with ways to screw the American people. And when they get power, they come up with ways to limit democracy and screw the American people more and more and more. And every, every move that they make, every line that they cross brings us closer and closer to not being able to go back. So we're completely transformed, and that's where we are. We didn't get here overnight. When the American people stood by and allowed filthy, disgusting George W. Bush to take the oath of office despite receiving fewer votes in an election where the Supreme Court dared to to step in and say, you're going to stop counting the votes now because it might do irreparable damage to George W. Bush. You know what should have happened at that time? What you see happening now. The streets should have been filled in every city. There should have been protest. People should have sh- sat the F down in the middle of the street. Right now in New York City and Fifth Avenue... People took over Fifth Avenue, and you know what they did? They sat down right now as we're talking. They have stopped traffic in New York City, and there's not a lot of traffic right now, even though the city's supposedly, it's opening phase one. But that's what should have happened. And they should have, and we, we should have not stopped until they they rectified this fucking fraud on the American people. The stolen election. It's not good enough that we, the American people, went to Washington when George W. Bush was going to take the oath when he was inaugurated and, and pelted his limo, his bulletproof limo, with eggs. That's not good enough. And held up signs that said, Hail to the thief. Like they give a shit? Hail to the thief, whatever. They're, they're in the wine cave, honey. They're in the ivory tower. How many people died because of that disgusting Supreme Court decision? That Scalia and all these fascist Republicans that squat in the judiciary... I can't say, talk. The judiciary, they're there. To fix the facts around the policy, no matter what that policy is. Going to war, stealing an election, justifying yet another attack on the American working class. 
That's what they're there to do. That's why Mitch McConnell is stuffing the courts with flunkies right now as we speak. They don't care. They're not doing anything about the coronavirus. They're not doing anything about the 40 million out of work. Mitch McConnell's number one goal of that disgusting ghoul and his spy, Chinese spy wife, are to destroy this country. Destroy the grand experiment. Yeah, even though, yeah, written by racists, misogynists, and outright hypocrites. Of course, yes. They want to make us as hypocritical as they were. Because every time we go a little bit closer to actualizing the promises of E Pluribus Unum, there will be a fascist judge standing in the way. And say, no, you won't, Bubby. You can all, I don't know, um, have a dream. Let's have a dream together. That black people and white people can all, what? Live on the wrong side of Reaganomics? More, more peacefully. And some nice cops. Excuse me, officer. Where's the uh, uh, local um, homeless shelter? Oh, right over there. Thank you for not murdering me. Uh... Oh, my God. But that's what should have happened. What's happening now? We should have went into the streets, but we were too stupid to. We're too bamboozled by the lie. Maybe we're too bamboozled by the lie that, oh, I have a dream of content of character instead of the color of one's skin. We all thought, hey, uh, we all have a chance. This is America here. They don't have fraudulent elections in America. Not in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Only in those, those not functioning republics that, uh, you know, the sham, the banana republics, whatever. Not here. Not in the land of the free. No, yeah, here. And hello, hello, everyone. How much longer? I wondered then, how much longer? How much longer? I, I, that's how I, I wake up every morning screaming. I, I bolt out of bed. How much longer? With, in a cold sweat. How much longer? I, I'm like, Ugh. And then, oh my God, here we are again. The, the fraudulent election guy. The fucking war criminal who lied us into a war that killed our fellow Americans. Not, not his friends, not rich people, the, all those ones that maybe signed up because they needed health care. How many stories have I read? I, many stories. Well, that's a stupid question. In general, um, before the ACA, remember, I remember reading some story about, uh, this is one of many, about a soldier, a, a man who signed up for the military because his wife had cancer and they couldn't get health care otherwise. So he had to hire himself out, as Thomas Jefferson said, to be shot at. 
for a sixpence or whatever, a shilling or however they put it, that we had. But uh, I guess Thomas Jefferson would be rolling over in his grave because now we do have paupers to furnish the materials. That was a boast of his. We have, we have no standing army because we have no paupers to furnish the materials. Our men are so happy at home, he wrote, they, that they're not willing to loan themselves out to be shot at for a sixpence. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Darth, Darth on the chat. Jefferson would be rolling over on his slave. <laughs> <laughs> True. Bump bump. That's a good one. Got to keep it real. Unreal. Got to keep it real in this unreal serfs and lords country. I'm. I don't know. I'm just sick of it. And I don't want this to happen again. While we're out in the streets. Let's not miss this opportunity, for God's sakes. Or we're done. Don't let us, don't let them narrow it. Even those, there are some people who are in the streets. Do you notice those are the people who get on the corporate media? They'll get interviewed. Why are you in the streets? Well, I don't want anybody to get murdered anymore. Well, gee, that's, uh, okay. We could, we could all get on board with that. That's for sure. But are they really thinking? Not, not everybody's thinking. They're not seeing the biggest, the bigger picture here. That the cops are, the, it's not causing, as far as cause and effect, it's the cops are not the cause. Militarized cops are not the cause of the the income disparity, upward immobility, the class war, they are the effect. So therefore, removing or making nicer cops on the street is not going to do anything in the long run. It might make you feel better, like a subsidy, like giving somebody under $75,000 $1,200 for three months in a pandemic that might make you feel like you're doing something. It might make you justify your existence to your constituents, but it's not. It's not doing a damn thing except putting a Band-Aid on a bleeding artery and staving off the change that we actually need until when? I guess they're just hoping against hope. That they, that they, I don't know, they delay the revolution. They, that, that's it. They don't want to do what needs to be done. As MLK said, they don't want to make the investment. It's going to cost. It's not just about making nice with your neighbors or not being a dick to people. It's really about what we talk about on this show every day, leaving no one behind. How much longer? Oh, my God. I, I fucking feel like a parrot talking all the time. Same thing. Leave no one behind. Leave no one behind. I, I wasn't the first to say it. It's effing e pluribus unum, God damn it. We stick together. We win. How dare they? 
They we gotta get to the point where these scummy goddamn so-called representatives of the people are that they dare if they dare propose policies that leave millions out that they are they are um metaphorically chased out of town with pitchforks and torches but they're working they are working overtime friends they are the corporate media they are boom boom hitting those talking points Police reform, police reform, police reform. They had a hearing today. Police reform, police reform. Nothing else matters. Let's deal with the symptom, not the disease. Because the disease is buku profitable, everyone. We like it like this. They like the income disparity, the upward immobility. There's too much work to be done. They're trying to be pragmatic. Take a knee. Get rid of a Confederate flag. Meanwhile, they need the, the race war to distract from the class war. I wonder what will happen, though. Will maybe the American people will finally realize that we're all getting played? That we have all been played as the suckers we've been allowed to be made out to be? And they use racism. They tickle easily, tickled racist funny bones, and it happens again and again and again. And honestly, it's... Really, we, how stupid are we, frankly? How stupid? For example, I was as I was going through videos, trying to... I was looking for MLK videos of his more radical, which isn't radical. It's his... It's not radical at all. What's so radical about having a functioning democracy that works for all? There's nothing radical about it unless you're an economic royalist who hates this country and likes sucking on your fellow Americans like parasites suck life from a host and discard. So I came across this video and it was the Dick Cavett show, Lester Maddox and Jim Brown, the football player, he's still alive. This uh, this Lester Maddox was the he was the governor of of Georgia. He's also a segregationist. And he he was a business owner apparently and he also um was stro- strongly against or staunchly against serving black people in his businesses so he well let's say according to wikipedia he was an american politician who served as the 75th governor a, he was a democrat all right a dixiecrat he came to prominence as a staunch segregationist when he refused to serve black customers in his atlanta restaurant in violation of the civil rights act he later served as Lieutenant Lila. Why can't I talk? Lieutenant Governor during a period when Jimmy Carter was governor. This fucker. He he's he was in politics like his whole life. He kept getting elected. And 
let's see, as a restaurant owner, Maddox, along with his with his wife, Haiti Virginia, used four hundred dollars in savings to open a grocery store. And you know, I guess back in the day when four hundred dollars meant something. And let's see, it says, following the 1954 Brown versus Board of Education decision, restaurant ads began to feature the cartoon chickens commenting on the political questions of the day. However, Maddox's refusal to adjust to changes following the passage of the Civil Rights Act manifested itself when he filed a lawsuit to continue his segregationist policies. Maddox said that he would close his restaurant rather than serve African-Americans. An initial group of black demonstrators came to the restaurant but did not enter when Maddox informed them that he had a large number of black employees. In April 1964, more African-Americans attempted to enter the the restaurant. Maddox confronted the group with a bare pickaxe handle. Maddox provides the following account of events. Mostly customers, with only a few employees, voluntarily removed the 12 pickrick dumpsticks, a euphemism for pickaxe handles, from the nail kegs on each side of the large dining room fireplace. They had been forewarned by the arrival of Atlanta's news media. In an attempted invasion of our restaurant by the racial demonstrators and once the demonstrators and agitators arrived the customers and employees pulled the drumsticks otherwise known as pickaxe handles from the kegs and went outside to defend us against the threatened invasion the invasion maddox referred to were three black seminary students who had asked to be seated (laughs) Anyway, this is this 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 fucking gem who is you'll see in this next clip. Maddox gained the approval of segregationists by leasing and then selling the restaurant to employees rather than agreeing to serve black customers. He claimed that the issue was not hostility to blacks, but constitutional rights. He, anything sound familiar here? He even built a monument to private property rights near the restaurant. You son of a bitch. The Civil Rights Digital Library at the University of Georgia contains the following account of the closing of his restaurant. Maddox closed the Pickrick on August 13th and reopened the business on September 26th to as Lester Maddox Cafeteria, where he pledged to serve only quote-unquote acceptable Georgians. During a trial for contempt of court on September 29th, Maddox argued against the charges because he was no longer offering service to out-of-state travelers or integrationists. On February 5th, 1965, a federal court ruled that Maddox was in contempt of court for failing to obey the injunction and assign fines of $200 a day for failing to serve African Americans. Maddox ultimately closed his restaurant on February 7, 1965, rather than integrate it. He claimed that President Lyndon Johnson and the communists had put him out of business. Now, how do you 
How is everything old new again? How? You know why? Because it's not changed. Nothing has changed. Now, I want you to hear, this is why I wanted to, I wasn't that aware, because this is all before my time, and I wasn't 100% aware of Lester Maddox's history. But here he is on Dick Cavett's show. He's being debated by Jim Brown, who is a um, football player. And let's see if I want to, I want to, um, yes, just note how he's the victim. Here we go. It's never changed. He's giving Jim Matt, I mean, he's giving James Brown or Jim Brown the all lives matter party line. Nothing has changed for these racist fucks. You know, a lot of Southerners who, uh, you know, really like black people. And, uh, you know, they portray themselves as uh, being really... And that's Jim Brown speaking. And notice, this is the other thing that I have to point out. I'm trying to put... Where am I going to put my face here? Okay. Look at Jim Brown, okay? He has to sit there. What he what he endures next to this this white racist cracker... Who is a segregationist? Who is a racist through and through? This filthy, disgusting, tiny man. They're all so tiny, too. These racists. These, it's an embarrassment to all white people that this is what they do with their lives. His tiny little life. He had a restaurant. Now he's dead. In into in, in the light of history, these freaks never age well. They don't look well at all. They never. I mean, history reviles them more than the normal patriotic Americans do presently. And that's that's who he is in the in history's light. When they look back, you think some like he would even get a clue. That spending your limited lifespan ensuring that people who have darker pigment can't eat at your fucking disgusting restaurant, your greasy spoon. That's the the hill he wanted to die on. And guess what? He found a lot of compatriots on that hill. They voted for him. They gave him public office. It's gross, but let's watch Jim, um, Jim Brown has to sit there next to him while he's interrupted. And you see that Jim Brown, he's really trying not to punch this fucking cracker in the face. But and as he's, he's rubbing his, um, his knee on his suit, sort of like, um, it, to me, it seemed... You know, obviously, you're sitting next to this freak, and you have to, because at this point, he's representing every single African-American in the country. So he can't go nuts on the guy, so he has to sit there and be polite and be calm and come off as, uh, you know, a gentleman and not let this racist freak get the better of him. And this fucking cracker, because of his white privilege, 
He has no such problem interrupting him, cutting him off in the middle of a sentence, not letting him finish, calling him a liar. I mean, you gotta, let's, let's just watch. Segregationists and that they hate black people and so forth. But uh, I know some black people feel the same way, but I don't know. I don't know any Southerners that don't like uh, white Southerners don't like blacks. Do you know of any? Can you name uh, one? I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. That's a very you hear that? It's nothing's changed. I'm not racist. I don't know any white Southerners that don't like blacks. They just don't like drinking out of the same water fountains, eating in the same restaurants, or having the same goddamn equal protection under the law. We're having the same living wages, retirement security, social security benefits, Medicare, or, you know, having a country that works for all. They just want it to work for them, for white people. This is the problem, the original sin of this country. This is why we don't have Medicare for all, living wages for all, retirement security for all, vacation leave, and all of this stems from our I got mine, Jack. Sucks to be you. And it's all comes down to racism. I mean, can you name one? No, I'm, I'm going to answer that question. It's an interesting point. You it see. is, yeah. They like uh, uh, black people, but they like them in a role, you see. They like them when they're very humble and they're very loyal. Well, I like humble people whether they're white I, or black, I don't know, you? I know, but you see. The loyal people whether they're black the white, or white, the, don't the white you? People I mean, have you just the like. Them. You don't, like the lawyer you don't like the white black or... people to have the choice, you see. It's only a matter of choice. I want black people and white <clears throat> people to have choice. Well, you... Fucking, you hear this pig? You hear this fucking white cracker? I want all people. It's all lives matter. That's what he's saying. Oh, it's not black. Oh, oh you're, why are you always talking about black? This is what he says to him. I want all, everybody. All lives matter. Don't you know? But what? They don't see because they're tiny little ghouls is that by saying black lives matter, you mean all lives matter. And so when you say that black people are equal, it means we're all goddamn equal. But the this white devil can't see that. It's all mixed up. You're let, trying to twist it around. No, no, I'm only huh? trying to agree with you. Would you let me finish? If you'll tell the truth. Well, wow. Make an analog, uh, oh, an my analysis, God. Really. Wow. It's not a matter of truth. Or, uh, or, Oof. Uh, what I'm really saying is that basically history has proven that uh, during the days of slavery, whenever a slave was more or less humble and he did what he was told, that he was in good favor with, with the master. But whenever a slave was too educated, uh, if he became aware of his own self and he wanted to become more than the master wanted him to become, then he was a bad slave. He was then put down because he represented a threat to the already established kind of white let, society. Let, let me say this. Those situations are true <clears throat> with white people and black people. Now, you're just trying to point it at black people only. Because but they've that's, been that's, true that's, throughout uh, the, the history of the world. There's been discrimination. Black against black, black against white, <sighs> white against black, and white... Bullshit! I hate that whole argument. What is he talking about? There's been discrimination against white people black against white people show me the laws show me where black people said only what black people can drink out of these fountains give me a break it's the same goddamn argument that we've been enduring 
the same it's the same class war it's the same argument haven't we haven't evolved at all well maybe a little but not much way there always has been there always will be you know and you're not going to wipe it out and tricky dick's not going to wipe it out and the supreme court's not going to wipe it out <laughs> you're not addressing it <laughs> and notice you're not addressing he's getting applause from the audience why? That's the other thing that disturbed me about this clip. Uh, Are you referring to me question? as Tricky Dick? No, you know, you know who I'm talking. Oh, you are. Oh. Well, you know something, Governor. Believe it or not, I don't think that integration should be the number one thrust of uh, uh, our civil rights leaders, anyway. Because I think what we're really talking about in this country is economic development of black people. Yeah. Economic that, development of all people. Well, we're talking All about lives matter. How come you don't want to do it for black people? How come you don't want to do it for white people? I'll tell you why. Huh? Listen to this white fucking devil constantly interrupting him. All people. I, you see, I'm not racist because I'm talking about all people. He's not talking about all people. This is an intransient ghoul. A greed-centered little ghoul who I'm glad is rotting in the goddamn dirt right now. But have we really, we haven't gone that far away from him, that's for sure. They're using the same arguments. Economic, he's, he says, you know, economic development or prosperity for black all, all people. What? What? We're really talking about in this country is economic development of black people. Because I've found Economic that, development of all hmm. people. Well, we're talking about well, How come you have black people? How come you don't want to do it for well, black I'll, people? How come you don't want to do it for white people? I'll tell you. Oh, my huh? God. How, you how come you don't care about white people? Oh, my God. Why do they all sound like Jeff Sessions, too? Where do they get these voices from? These old, like, hey, like little uh, Gollum, precious economic development of white people. Honey, we're talking about, yeah, we are talking about economic development of white people. When we're talking about economic development of black people, we have to be, talk about economic development of all people. They don't seem to get it. But he's trying to differentiate. Why are you not talking about white people? Well, you know, saying the economic development or saying black lives matter actually is saying all lives matter, but they don't see it. How come they're always black people? Why don't you give, talk about all people? Can I give you an answer? Huh? I think can we I understand. And of course, right? He can't an even talk. Do you mind? Oh, go ahead. If you're ready, I'll give you time. Okay, go. Oh, thank uh, you. Thank really you, my lord. There are some people that have suffered in this country Poor people generally, but let's say that uh, we have various ethnic groups in this country that have attained a certain kind of equality. Black people are more or less, along with the Indians, uh, on the last oh. rung of the ladder. Can I finish, Governor? Oh. Finish? <laughs> He's having a... Okay, do you mind? He's having a Got diaper you know, What thing. I'm really saying is that... He just spilled his diapers. I feel the way to bring about equality of black people in this system is what through... What about economic... equality of white people? Now, Can I won't I... interrupt you every time you keep calling black people. Well, what about equality of all people? If you interrupt me, Governor, I can't talk to you. Well, I'm Look at him, though. Look at Jim Brown. He's really trying not to punch this fucking guy in the face. And I noticed he had to. It's really sad because this is what happened. 
in general. It happens all the time. If Jim Brown had punched this fucking guy because he deserved it, or said something, or got angry, or whatever, even just got a little bit heated by this interrupting little gnome constantly economic what are you talking about why ain't you talking about white people why ain't you talking about white people and in the context of the jim crow south and the incessant the 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 oppression of black americans from the day they landed in this goddamn godforsaken country And in that context, this fucking white gnome who did everything, every trick in the book so he didn't have to serve African-American customers. That's that's what he wanted to be as a legacy. This good American couldn't sit down and break bread with other Americans because they had darker pigment. This disgusting... It's ugh, gross, disgusting human being. And in that, absolutely no historical context, no, in no manner, way, shape, or form does he feel the need to look in a mirror and see his role and what he's doing to harm his fellow Americans and harm his country, for God's sake. Keep the pain going, keep the division going, the class war going. Keep people divided and fighting amongst each other. Disgusting. And poor Jim Brown sitting there like trying. Good for him. But I guess, you know, it takes years of practice to sit there and have to endure and understand that if he had raised his voice and said, can I fucking talk, please? It would have been all, that's it. Prove him right. People don't include all people. I try to include all people. You oh, know. you do? You, you yeah, try yeah. to include all people, which is why you went to court so you didn't have to serve black people in your restaurant. And you would rather shut the restaurant down than serve them. In the black, why don't you tell these people that in, in Atlanta, Georgia, where you keep talking about the South, that the percentage-wise, more black people are professional business people, industrial wow. leaders, can I, can more I, men are state house elected officials than any other state in the country. Can I interrupt you? Can I interrupt Be you? Be all right, sir. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, really thank you, my lord. Fight with you. I'm only trying to have a discussion with you. I'm not going to fight and with you either. And I'm trying I... to use the technique. Holy shit. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people out there watching you, and I want you to be fair about all people, not just black people. We have oh a lot of people in this country. Oh, my God. I can understand that, but you And then, did... you know, as a black American, you got to say, when is it your turn? Like, sh- fucking shit. Do we ever get to think for, our, for ourselves? We always got to think about you? Holy shit. I have a reputation, right? And I saw you. I saw you. I saw you. I saw you bring that state trooper back there, you know, behind the curtain. He's I know you're trying to be funny, there. but he's like, shut your gross cracker mouth. He's like, I have a reputation. I don't know what his reputation was. Maybe it is for being uh, angry or because he's a football player. I don't know. Knocking people, knocking white assholes on their ass. But 
He's like, I don't know. You took that. I don't know who you are. Trooper back there, you know, behind the curtain. I know you brought him back there for a reason. But, uh... Look at him, though. I, you can just see how, how I'm sure he's really holding back. The way he's brushing his leg like that. Because <laughs> I know I would do that if, I mean, I'm doing that just watching it. He has to sit there. He's probably saying, do not punch this white cracker in the face. Do not punch him in the stomach. Calm yourself. Endure this. There's a bigger picture. You don't want to give them an excuse. God knows what would have happened at this time. If he had done that, then uh, some white... Goddamn posse would have went out and murdered some innocent person waiting at a bus stop or something to teach them a lesson. My purpose tonight. Uh, here you go, Trump. That is here not you. my purpose well, you tonight. Let me tell you this. Ooh, wow, yeah. wow. You, like you let me tell you this, he said. Oh, my God. I would let. Why? Let me, let me, let me say this. Let's, let's would you let Dick talk a little bit? No, I've got to say this. No, wow. Who's yeah. trying to make a joke out, out of it? Because I've got to wow. say, Trooper, like I would all like the other to... governors in the country care one. In this... I would like to ask Jim Brown, he's still alive, what was going through his head? Holy shit. Because I know what's going through my head, and it is not calm. Well, maybe it is. Maybe I'll be like, Calmness, calmness. Required in the state governments that the governors have security personnel. So I carry one of them. I didn't even know you would be here. It was a surprise when I came here tonight and found you would be here. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) I've never traveled anywhere in the United States since I've been governor. No other governors travel without one security personnel. Some of them have three and four. I carry one man as an aide, not as security. Are you afraid because I came up here with an aide? Wow. I've forgotten what my voice sounds like. Uh, I I would like like to say... Governor, I, I don't want you to create the impression that you were trapped in any sense. That I mean, there was—it's been known for some days that Mr. Brown is going to be here. You, we didn't actually trap you, did we, into coming in? in well, I, in I want you to know that I didn't know he was going to be here, but it wouldn't make no difference because you—you you, you invited Of course, me and I he's always right. Invitation. Yes. But he said something about I know his reputation. I don't know Jim Brown. Who is Jim Brown? Wow. Boy. Ooh, look at Jim Brown now. He's like, oh, let, let motherfucker. Let me you. So here's a, the end of the interview when the white cracker walks off. Governor, what have you done for the blacks in your state? For the blacks. Well, they came to my office in the beginning and said what they wanted done. I said, well, I'm not going to make any decisions based on black people or white people. Mm-hmm. Or any of other course, because you're such an egalitarian. It's going to be based on what's best for this state. We've had more of them to visit with us in more the governor's of office. We've had more of them coming in our office and hanging around. The governor's mansion, and in all the history of the state, we've employed more of them in responsible positions. More of them. We put more of them in uh, government positions and responsible positions. More of them. More of them. It sounds like more. It just sounds like so disparaging. We put more of them, you know, more of these uh, 
subhumans in positions of whatever. There's more of them all hanging out in the governor's mansion. Yeah, they're probably uh, cooks and gardeners, servants. The selective service boards on state constitutional boards more than all the governors in the history of the state. Oh. And they become a part of their government for the first time. For yeah, the I was first surprised time. I, I did a lot of reading on you and I found that you had... Thank you, my lord. For the whole first time, he put some Negroes in there. In the, you know, put some of them in the government. I'm just going to show these liberals. I want to show them that I may not want to serve a black person in my restaurant and I'll do everything under my power and then some to ensure that I don't have to actually endure having to break bread with them. But I put them all in my government. You see? That'll show those damn liberals. Pointed a great number of, of blacks to the uh, to more than all the governors in the history in. of the state. We've uh, mm -hmm. we do ours on the basis of who is best qualified, and we sure. have nothing to do it with it. It just so color. happens right. when you go through who's best qualified, it's always a white man, isn't that odd? It's just that we're doing who's best. It's sort of like Trump. He's like, I don't look at color, only who's the best. And unfortunately, the way it is, is the white men are the best. That's just the way it was. It's the way it is, not just the way it was. It's funny how that happens. It's always white men, rich white men, too. If you look at any, well, look at Trump's cabinet. Look at the interns that Trump has. They're all white. There's one black intern. There's a whole white bunch of white interns, all white. One of them's given the white power symbol. So, but it's interesting how that happens. Uh, they used to say that about I I I know um, the the New York Philharmonic used to say because you know why why don't you have any women in your orchestra? And they would say, well, we don't look at sex. We only look at uh, we listen. Who's the best? Who are the best musicians? And then they started to audition people behind the screen. So they only could hear the music and not see them. And funny enough, more women started to be chosen. More uh, uh, others who weren't just white men started to have a spot in the orchestra. So, there you go. Funny enough how that works. Because everybody brings their biases to the table, whether they realize it or not. So, even when these racists, like this guy saying, I'm not a racist, I'm for everybody, he's, he's clearly a racist. He's for everybody. He's all lives matter. Now, I'm glad you've asked that question because they've been all directed tonight similarly at, at trying to uh, in the other direction. Well, I think we ought to uh, talk about the positive things more in this country than what yeah. we're doing. I, I know that when you were yeah, elected, so a lot positive. of people were just horrified and they said that people in Atlanta, some of them stayed home from work and all and didn't know quite what to do. And that then your administration has surprised a number of people in, in, one, in that sense mm. that you have neither uh, been a, a segregationist's dream no, in one sense, I mean an extreme, extremist segregationist, nor 
the liberals, darling, on the other hand, certainly. Uh, well, we based our did, decision on people. Did, did you have a kind state. of change oh, of heart yeah. when you came into office? All of none whatsoever. I've always based my decisions in, in business and in, in, on, uh, in business. mills and factories and plants wherever I've worked all along. And mm -hmm. uh, the only people that were surprised, Dick, were those that had been misinformed. Mm -hmm. The people that knew Lestomatics, the people I had been associated with and all my life knew Who's that I would be famous. Oh, he's talking in himself in the just third person. Every citizen, regardless of whether he's from rural or black or white or urban, no, rich or poor. And we've had more, like I no. say, we've had more black and white people to visit with us there in the governor's mansion, the governor's office, than in all the history of the state, and even at this time. I know you're... We're having more black people to visit in the governor's mansion and the governor's mm. office Shut than up. all the other 50 governor's offices in the United oh, it's sort States, of like even at this time. Nancy Pelosi ripping up... The speech. Oh, isn't that great? That must be progress. Yeah, I hear the door is always open, which is rare in today's politics, and you do have people. Well, we try to run the yeah. oh, how, How'd that work out, though? Here we are, 40 years later. How are we doing as far as Lester Maddox's equality for all? How's Georgia doing? How's the state? How did that voting thing go yesterday? Looks like all that work that Lester Maddox put into equality for all, you know, giving everybody a chance based on who they are, except for not wanting to eat with them in, the, in his restaurant. How is it working out for them now, 40 years later? I think we kind of still have the same problems. So it doesn't look like whatever he did was worth a goddamn damn whether he had some tokens on his staff or not. He put more of M, more of M, more of them in uh, government than anybody else. More of them? Like who? Obviously, they didn't do much. Perhaps they were Condi Rice. The Condoleezza Rices. So George W. Bush, when they said to him, well, whenever someone says I'm a racist, I just point to Condoleezza Rice. He actually said that. And I say, well, look at my cabinet. Look at Co Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice. I just point to them and say, look, I'm not racist. I got a black friend. Not that it matters. And this is where I am afraid that here we go again, even with Joe Biden. All today, too, saying, oh, well, Joe Biden has committed to putting a, a, a VP, a, a female VP now, and there are calls for this VP to be a person of color. A person of color. Like, it matters. Um, well, I guess a token. It really matters. Tokens and platitudes we can believe in. Well, where's your policies? Putting a, a someone, a female... As a VP, okay, where's, what policies? It's never uh, a policy, right? Because Lester Maddox apparently had a, a, the most, most of M in his cabinet or around in his governor's mansion. What did it effing amount to? A hill of beans, And Jim Brown sitting there, he knows that. 
Tokens. Tokens and platitudes we can believe in. Get the fuck out of here. This is why we're in trouble. My friends, we really are. We totally are in big, big trouble because it's not just coming from the right. It's coming from the left, so-called left. And they're, th as far as the corporate media is concerned, is that's good enough. So we're in trouble because my show, shows like it, I'm out here going, hey, be a, be a patron. Help us out. Subscribe. Hit that like button. Hit that goddamn notification button. But all on corporate media, what? They're not doing that. They're just pumping out the bullshit and counting the checks. While the shit just remains the same. What policies? Is having an African-American female vice president a fucking policy? What does that do? What will that actually do? Maybe, okay, it looks good for young people in this country to see a diverse landscape of people having different roles. That, that actually works. That matters to a degree. It does to be represented. But it's not a policy. It's really the least that can be done. It's, the, it's really the bottom of the barrel. It's nothing. It is the easiest thing that can be done. As MLK said, what uh, integrating a lunch counter is easy. Being offended by the tactics of racists and Bull Connor and uh, fire hoses and dogs on peaceful protesters, that's easy. Being offended about tear gas being turned on pa peaceful protesters, that's easy. Getting rid of militarized police, that's easy. Defunding police, putting more money into whatever, taking some money from the militarized police, putting it into community policing, that is easy. Having a, a person of color, token female VP, that is the fucking most easy thing you can do. I don't hear anything coming from Biden. What does he say? I feel your pain. I know your loss. I had family members die too. Me too. I could go toe-to-toe -to -toe in the death department. I've grieved a lot of loved ones in my life. It doesn't mean anything. So what? You feel my pain? If you really felt the pain of this country, you would do something like leave no one behind. You would understand the core, the root of the pain and the disparity, where it comes from, that you can't have a country that works for some. Because they divide us. They divide us along racial lines, along economic lines. Like James Baldwin said. That's how they get us. It is th at least that white, that poor white bastard can say, okay, well, I'm not black. And then the game continues. 
as this game continues, as even on the show, Dick Cavett is giving this racist cracker accolades for having a diverse cabinet or diverse number of people working in the governor's mansion. Who fucking cares? Did it matter? Did it amount to anything? Here we are, 40 years later. What happened? Do you see the results? What are the fruits of those labors? For Christ's sakes. Oh, yeah, it's really good. They say your door is always open. And not your lunch counter, though, but that doesn't matter. Obviously, this racist, this Lester Maddox asshole is a little too clever for the entire system. He knows how to play the goddamn system. And he played it. Look, I'll put some black people, I'll put some of them in uh, my mansion. And that'll shut them up. What What did he do? And as, here, let's continue with what James Brown you said. You run your own business, your own or home. Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. Did because you have any problems the bigots in the South? See, problems listen, with listen, listen to what he says. Home. Mm-hmm. Did you have any we, problems we the bigots? In the South? Have any problems with that? From the white biggest because you did so much for the black man. <laughs> so he asks, did you have any problems with the bigots in the South? Because you did so much for the black man. And that shut him the fuck up. It's true. Did you, did you have problems with the people that... New, you know, like the KKK, did they give you a hard time for your such a for being such a fighter for our fellow Americans who had darker pigment? And you could see, you know, it's so pathetic watching these uh, Dick Cavett and this Lester Maddox asshole. This Dick Cavett giving legitimacy to Lester Maddox, treating him, uh, you know, just talking over Jim Brown. As if there's not a whole history there. As if he's not sitting there having to keep his mouth shut. Having to swallow 400 and plus years of oppression in this racist ass country as these two white people pat each other on the back. But, yeah. So here, it's, this is when Lester Maddox gets, he gets triggered. What do you mean, uh, which white bigots? The black ones and white ones I have trouble with from time to no, time. No, I said white bigots. I have because, the black uh, racists and the white racists. Yeah. Problems, did you have you any know? problems with the oh white racists because you did so much for the black people? Uh, Mr. Brown asked you, Governor uh, Maddox, if you'd had any trouble from your white uh, admirers for the fact that you he have done something. He didn't say admirers, for... sir. No, he said bigots. Well, why didn't you say it like he said? Well, you have me why, there. Why, why didn't you say it? Now, see that what I'm talking about, Dick? I, I do see you it, You take yes. words There's and push them of... around and you mislead oh, the people news, in the audience. Oh, fake news, fake news. You ought to start being honest, all of you, with your words and what you're saying to people. See, now he comes out with the victim. He is a victim. Aren't they all the same, these these goddamn crackers, these racists, these conservatives? You know, today he would be a trump He wouldn't be a Democrat, that's for sure. He would be a trump You said admirers and he said bigots. A lot of difference, isn't it? Yes, I feel like a big person. Why do you want to mislead the people like that? I didn't mean, I didn't mean to mislead the people. It is a good question, though, isn't it? Uh, well, it, it, uh, it's, a, it's a good question, but for you to come back and call bigots my admirers is a farce. It's a, it's a oh, he's so offended. Yeah. 
It's, it's a terrible way to treat a guest on your show, and you know it. Oh, huh? poor thing. You know he's right about that. Why don't you why don't you apologize to the people well, for calling people that admire Myers bigots? Now wait a minute, I'll take you half seriously on this. People, but I won't. We got over four million people in Georgia that are, are my friends, and I call admirers, and you calling them all bigots? No, I'm not. Now you apologize to them. No, I won't. Oh my God. You better apologize. I'm a victim. Better apologize. <laughs> let me see. I'll answer his question when you apologize to people. Let, let me see if I can focus in on this. If, in fact, I have I got friends that are black and white and admirers, and they're none of them bigots. Oh, yeah, of course May not. May I none now of answer? Yes, sir. If I called any of your admirers bigots, who are not bigots, I apologize. Now let the governor answer. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't accept that on representing the people of Georgia under any circumstance, you're saying oh, that God. some of them are bigots. Yeah, of course they are. Are you well, fucking kidding me? This is why this country is fucked up, because they refuse to look in the mirror. These goddamn conservatives, uh, you're calling me a bigot. This is like Justice Roberts saying that there's no need to have a Voting Rights Act anymore because racism is over. Considering we have a black president. He even asked during the argument that he asked one of the one of his questions, one of Roberts asked, well, are you saying that there are more racists in the South? He asked during arguments as this is from Business Insider. Wait. Hold on, I hit the wrong button. Roberts asked a lawyer for the US a lawyer acting, you know, for the United States <clears throat> during arguments, whether the feds thought citizens in the South, South were more racist than citizens in the North. So he was, the way he was presenting it, are you saying there were more racists in the South than in the North? Well, I'm not saying, you know, and then of course the, the judge, the uh, lawyer for the United States was like, oh, no, 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 no. Are you kidding me? And I don't know. There's no poll because here's the, th the truth. If you ask people, you, could, you ask David Duke if he's a racist, he says no. You ask Nazis if they were racist, they'll say no. They just love their country. This is how they present it. So loving your country means, oh, I'm not racist. It's like this guy. I don't judge people. Uh, I'm already doing with uh, what MLK says, judging people for, from the content of their character, not the color of their skin, uh, really, except when it comes to serving them in my diner, in my greasy goddamn spoon diner. But has anything changed? This is why I, I'm playing this video on the show, because I'm, when I found it and I saw it and I was watching it, I just could not believe how everything has stayed the same from the argument 
from the all lives matter argument. These conservatives, they are, I don't care if he had a D after his name. This is the other thing I have to, I, I need to note. This Maddox guy was a Democrat. At the time, there were a lot of Democrats in the early days, including after the Civil Rights Act was passed. But they were de- they were racist. Today, they would be Republicans. There's no doubt. The fact is, it doesn't matter whether you have a D after your name or an R after your name. It's conservatism and progressivism, liberalism or conservatism. Say, yeah, it's it, it, that it, whether you have a D after your name or an R. This is the argument, basically. Whether you can, are capable of functioning in a free democratic society or, you, or you're not. Or you think that only a few people, the right people, meaning rich white people, deserve power and, these, and, and thereby more power and money. And thereby more power. So what's changed? They're always the victims the professional victimitis in conservatism. That's how I know this guy, even though he had a D after his name in 1970, he would have an R after his name today. It does, it makes no difference. And he's a conservative. Not only is he a, a filthy racist who is incapable of looking at himself in the mirror, he twists everything around so he's the victim, and he's offended. He's perpetually offended. They, that's another telltale sign of conservatism. They are so fragile. You can't, they're such an eggshell, little fragile egos, all of them. I thought they're so, so tough, but they, they really, you cannot challenge them. You, they have no, they're not tough enough to even look in the mirror and get a, honest assessment of who the hell they are so here in this um episode he gets he gets perpetually more um he's adopting i'm the victim so he doesn't like the way the conversation went he didn't like that jim brown asked him well did you have a lot of pushback from the bigots since you're such a since you're not a bigot and you were doing so much for people that happen to have darker pigment then how um you must have felt the backlash of the bigots how much uh you know let us know how how did you handle being did did, did you have uh you know how did you what was their reaction did you upset them and he had no answer so he decided okay I'm, I can't play the I'm not a bigot card. And look, they only have a few cards. Their white privilege card, their whiny card. I mean, well, he went right to professional victim. I'm the victim. No, no, no. It's not you. You're, uh, my, my ancestors are, uh, have, have systematically oppressed your ancestors for generations. But I'm the victim, he's saying. Not you. Uh, because I like everybody. You're talking about black people. Why don't you talk about white people? What are you talking about? Guess what? And as I will reiterate, 
talking about black people, you are talking about white people. We're talking about everybody. Because it's about time that we, that white people, understand that we're in it together. So, yeah, it is talking about white people, too. To say, all right, welcome, brothers and sisters, Americans, or people who want to be Americans, or guests and visitors. We're in this together. Anyway, let's continue. I don't belong here with you. I hope you'll stay. I, I don't, uh, I, I know there are white bigots well, why don't and there you apologize are black bigots. With Georgia, and... Those friends of mine for calling them bigots. Such indignance. I I now, either you do it, I'm going to leave now. Which, 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 which one you Unreal. Please don't leave. Well, you apologize to like the people of Georgia. And he also look at apologize, too. The only bigots that I'm... Oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait. You, wait, you wait a minute. No, you wait a minute. White ones that came from New York and New Jersey came down there and tried to destroy the South and tell the lies about what's going on in our part of the country, which is one of the leading parts of the country. Wait, wait, wait. He's talking about the the people from New York and New Jersey. You, you mean the Freedom Riders, like Goodwin and Cheney? The ones that you... Who was the other? Schwerner, Goodman, and Cheney? The ones that you murdered? Oh, they're just coming down here. Cheney, Goodwin, and Schwerner, yeah. The, the ones who were coming down here to tell us, how, tell lies about the South. And mm. forward in all areas today. Uh-huh. And the only biggest I've ever had to come in there was a white wow. one that came from your city and from New Jersey to try to wreck the storm. Unbelievable. Now, Dick, I'm going to give you one minute. To apologize to people you call bigots in Georgia, I'm going to leave your show. Now, you do whatever you want. Oh, my. Wait a minute. 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 You got one minute. Fragile bigots. You got one minute. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Governor, I find you most interesting. You, you, um... You're, you're, you're a most interesting man. There's something likable about you at your most really? outrageous moments. And, oh, uh, what do you mean outrageous sweet. moments? Oh, my God. I honestly don't know how seriously to take you at now, this moment. Now, why are you talking about I don't outrageous think, moments? I don't think I have consciously offended Holy anyone. Holy shit. Uh, and I didn't mean to. And if I have unconsciously offended anyone, then there's no need to apologize because it was an accident. Well, tell him that you've made a mistake then. Oh my God! I would say that what I a the fucking baby! In a way that was not exactly accurate in the sense that he did You're say bigots. Have any white bigots been upset because you have done certain things <laughs> to the blacks? You came back and said my admirers. Wow! You haven't apologized yet, and you got 15 seconds. All right, now let me use those 15 seconds. I apologize for suggesting that a bigot would be the way of characterizing all of your admirers. Wait a minute, wait a minute, there's more time. Oh my God, goodbye. Bye, Felicia. Right, really, Dick Cavett. And look at Jim Brown just sitting there, like, what the fuck? um, I'm sorry the governor left. He may be back after this message. We will. Whatever. Look at my cat. My shirt is all filled with cat hair. That's okay. That's what happens during the show. 
Anyway, that annoyed the hell out of me. And it's emblematic of everything that's going on that's still going on. And that and that's why I played the video too cuz I wanted to show that what the hell has changed with tokenism? That this guy's putting tokens in the Georgia state house or wherever the hell they were the governor's mansion did that really do anything he was boasting so much about all of the black people he had around all of them i put a lot of them all around me but what do we got to show for it and here we are again and here comes the corporate media telling us that isn't that wonderful he has promised to Joe Biden has promised to make a woman his running mate. And now calls are coming louder and louder for him to use to, to put a, a well use. Really, that's probably a good appropriate word to use a woman of color. To put her a woman of color in there as a as a token, you know, shut up. Go get back, get back to work in your uniquely American low-paying jobs on the wrong side of Reaganomics where you can't save $400, where you got to live check to check. Just shut up. You get, there's a black VP, a woman, all right? How much more do you people want? What's going to shut you up? I mean, we took a knee. We... Ripped up a speech. What else? I, I made a fake... Uh, I did a little sarcastic clapping. And now I promised to put a black woman VP. What else do you fucking people want? I mean, you can't have universal health care because that's too pie in the sky. My benefactors don't like it. You can't have... Equal protection under the law, equal pay. You can't have, uh, what else? You can't have, um, sick leave because that is just, that's too, uh, that's not American. That's not American at all. Because here in America, like Joe Scarborough says, we don't like vacation days. We don't like sick leave because we are driven in America. That's what he says. We are driven. But he likes vacation days. I know that. He likes sick leave. But we, 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 meaning me, you, those who work for a living, get out of bed and go to work every single goddamn day till the day we die. Those, we dum-dums. We don't want to retire because we're driven. We're driven like mules, borrowed mules, but still driven. That's America. How would we be if we had sick leave? Oh, my God. Sick leave, like every other country, vacation pay, like every other country? I mean, that's just too pie in the sky. God damn it. That's just too... That's just too European. For example... As reported in Forbes, I don't know, this was an article in January of 2019. 78% of workers live paycheck to paycheck by Zach Friedman. 
I don't know why this isn't on a loop on an MSNBC. Career Builder found that 78% of U.S. workers are living paycheck to paycheck. This number may be further exacerbated by the recent federal government shutdown. Well, this was in 2019, in February, of course, which has resulted in more than 800,000 federal employees not receiving paychecks. So what can you do to battle financial pressure? Here's what you need to know and how to improve your financial profile. According to a 2017 survey, CareerBuilder, a leading job site, found that some startling statistics related to debt budgeting and making ends meet. For example, here are some findings. Nearly one in 10 workers making $100,000 plus are living paycheck to paycheck. More than one in four workers do not set aside any savings every month. Nearly three in four workers say they are in debt. More than half of minimum wage workers say they have to work more than one job to make ends meet. 28% of workers making 50000 to 99000 usually or always live paycheck to paycheck. 70% are in debt. 32% of nearly three and 3,500 full-time worker surveys use a budget. Only 56 save $100 or less every month. But, you know, that's our fault, you see. This is what Forbes is saying. Start. This is how you can weather a financial storm. Start an emergency fund. Oh, okay. Set aside. Start a side hustle. Okay, you need, if you don't, if you only have one job, you need another one. What the fuck is wrong with you? So you're facing financial stress. You already may be working more than one job. So adding a side hustle may not seem feasible. There are a myriad of opportunities online to start your next side hustle. Your side hustle may even lead to a higher paying full-time gig. For example, these three freelancers collectively earn $70,000 a year. Oh, wow. They leveraged their talents in copywriting, voiceover performance, and website design to build a growing side hustle. And you can too. Unbelievable. A fucking side hustle. This is what they're saying. If you're, you see how they presented it? You're facing financial stress. You may already be working more than one job. So adding a side hustle. So it's not, it's not a third job. It's a fucking side hustle from your two jobs. <laughs> oh, Tara Jr. Tara Jr. Jr. Can you believe where we live? Can you believe this world? It's it's a cat and mouse world. What are we going to do about it? It's dog eat dog, dog eat cat. Hair on my shirt. There's a cat there. Uh-oh, do not fight. 
Yeah, side hustle. That's what we can do. Don't sleep. Who needs sleep? It's overrated. You'll sleep when you're dead. You'll be sleeping a long time. But by then, let's hope you get to sleep before you become a burden. Before you need to, I don't know, become less driven. You know, you can't really be driven when you're trying to, I don't know, maybe drive yourself to do a GoFundMe page for your diabetes or cancer treatments. Unbelievable. So let's see what else is going on. Now the cats are fighting. Great, great. I can hear them. What's going on? Stop it. See how they listen to me. Unreal. Yeah, uh, well, well, let's see. Let's keep on the subject here. I just want to read this one thing. Martin Luther King's true radical legacy is being whitewashed by people looking for easy absolution. This is from NBC News, surprisingly enough. Praise for Dr. King highlights a difficult truth. His legacy has become as segregated as the country he tried to heal. By Caitlin Bird, and this is from 2019. The celebration of the life work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. takes place this year amongst political chaos. In particular, it is occurring in the middle of a weeks-long government shutdown that has pitted... Ugh, President Donald Trump, Twitler, in other words, the leader of a party that is 90% white. <laughs> no, they're not racist, though. Against the most diverse Congress in American history over an idea that has been derided as racist and xenophobic. Praise for Dr. King's legacy will emerge from this partisan rancor. Rather than invoke unity, however, such praise exposes a difficult truth. King's legacy has become as segregated as the country he tried to heal. For white people, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. exists mainly as a mainstream portrayal of a saint of redemption. In this historical interpretation, Dr. King saved both black and white Americans from the evils of segregation while overcoming the resistance of a few powerful, bigoted individuals with little more than a dignified protest and the strength of his convictions. This, Dr. King tells us, that hate cannot drive out hate that we should judge each other on the content of our characters and that poverty and racism are their own evils. This, this Dr. King, did not think us wrong as long as we did not have hate in our hearts, doesn't want us to dwell on each other's differences and knows that what hurts white people also hurts black people. This Dr. King does not judge this Dr. King does not see color. He does not ask for reparations. His solidarity, oh well, sorry. His solitary request is to act with love. His, this incomplete and inconsiderate legacy fuels the agenda of white people across the political spectrum from open white supremacists as apathetic allies, oh, or two apathetic allies, built from scraps of reality selected from his words and work. This, imagined Dr. King, does not endorse or exalt. It absolves his sentiments of love, peace, and unity. Oh, great. 
That was the cat. What are you doing? You just pulled the goddamn plug out. Something is going crazy. And I think it's a cat. His sentiments of love, peace, and unity transformed into excuses for indulging hatred, injustice, and oppression. Loving our enemies becomes a commandment to forgive all trespasses. This is how Congressman Steve King, who in November suggested that Dr. King's legacy has been hijacked. Okay, this is Steve King, right? The racist. The cantaloupe cat, uh, cantaloupe calves Steve King. The open racist who's so racist he doesn't even know he's racist he says shit that is so effing off the chart racist he doesn't realize how racist he is he thinks he's being not racist he has played i mean really open white supremacist this guy and steve king come on that's the best he's got you see that's why somebody like steve king has to be a racist a wh- and a white supremacist because if not for being born white, who would he be? That's the best he's got. He's He can't let go of that white privilege because he's inadequate. If all things were equal, we'd all see how how low on the totem pole he actually is. What an idiot he is. What a dultard. But he's got his being born white so he tries to glom on oh well white people Uh, you know at least i as james baldwin said i'm not black at least i'm not that i gotta keep my privilege so steve king who says that dr king's legacy has been hijacked into a grievance committee by the congressional black caucus imagine the the nerve of somebody like that a a white nationalist steve king telling the congressional black caucus that they have hijacked mlk's legacy into a grievance committee fuck you the balls really the effing balls on that bastard. Okay. Can turn around and defend white supremacy in January without a sense of irony. And that's what he did. He, what did he say? He said, raising money. No, wait, wait. He said, well, it doesn't matter. I think he's, he's gone now, isn't he? He got defeated in the primary. He said, rabid leftist media are coming for him for supporting the, Doltard in the White House because of his views on immigration. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not trying to go down Steve King Road here. Okay. Seeking peace has uh, becomes a call against any and all confrontation, direct or symbolic. This is how national politicians from both parties can receive more attention for condemning the public discomfort of their peers than in seeking the safety of the citizens in their care. Dr. King's imagining of an integrated world becomes a- enough to draw focus away from the marginalized uh, and the exculpate the racism from the majority. This is how a progressive voice can tout civil rights bona fides and yet so easily cleave a space between the politics of identity and the concerns of citizenship. 
It is true that Dr. King did seek, coordinate, and give partnership to white communities, speak about equality for all as, as the solution for suffering, and give voice to the redeeming power of love and the tactical strength of nonviolence. It is not a false legacy or one that should be ignored. But too often the power of that legacy is used by white voices to minimize the the systemic violence of racism, so complacency and resentment at majoritarian sacrifice, and to characterize the work of his life as complete rather than abandoned, rather than shine a light on the ways our society has fallen short of its incredible promise, past and present, the brilliance of Dr. King's aspirations are used to make invisible the perpetrators of common violence, the silence, the silent disapproval of white moderates and the diasperities, I can't say that word, how do you say that word? I know it's uh, it's an easy one. Oh, it's not diaspora. It's disparities. See? My eyes are shot. Not dis... I was reading it as diaspora something. A different word. In income, housing, justice, and mortality that have become no less acute with time. It also has the power to render invisible another legacy. Dr. Martin Luther King, the martyr. This is a voice and vision which channeled the efforts of thousands to speak to the sufferings of millions. This legacy remembers that it was not the warming hearts of the white South, but the shame of white Northerners that paved the way for civil rights legislation. When the latter could no longer be shamed, the legislation stopped. Okay? Think about that. This is why it's important to be out in the streets and not stop and not accept what they're trying to give us, the easy way out. That's not the end of it. A, a, a few nicer cops is not going to do. Or we're going to be here again. We will be selling out not only the present, but the future. Yet, yet again. As we were sold out again and again and again over the generations. How many people since that interview, that Dick Cavett interview, are dead or die by death of despair on the rise off the charts in this country? The income disparity, the upward immobility, all of this leading us to today. What, what happened? It didn't, you know, did uh, that idiot's, that white bastard's goddamn token cabinet? What did that do for, um, you know, I have a dream? Nothing. <sighs> Fucking shit. I'm so pissed off, really. I'm, so, I'm sick of it. It's so obvious, for God's sakes. And it's happening again. That's really why I'm pissed. Because it doesn't have to happen. Here we go again. We never put the goddamn dots together and we continue to allow it to go round and round and round we go. While we go lower and lower on the ladder. At least, you know, 40 years ago, there was a middle class in the United States. Now, 
it's gone. At least, you know, 40 years ago when they had that interview, the people, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I can't really say now that I'm saying that I'm saying that's, that's my white privilege talking because I'm talking about, you know, my ancestors 40 years ago. It wasn't that good for our African-American brothers and sisters then either. So it was, that's why, I don't know. I see it happening again, though. We're not, they're doing it to us again. To me, when I listen to the corporate media go on and on and on, defining, constantly defining what this moment is, as an uprising against police, against the militarization of police, I don't know. It, to me, it feels like every every MLK day when I'm like, are you effing kidding me with this I have a dream speech again? Let's get to the root what he was really talking about and why he was killed. They don't kill people who say, can't we all just get along? They kill people who say, this system isn't working. It's economic disparity, upward immobility. It's the military-industrial complex. They don't kill people who go along with the game. That's why they don't send the National Guard in on the goddamn trump storming the Capitol with M-16s. Those people will have free reign to poop their diapers any day of the week, any time of the night. It doesn't matter. That's why the National Guard attacks the peaceful protesters in this, this movement. Because it actually is coming too close to the bone. They're getting to the root. And they might, it might actually spill over into doing something. And that's, that's not going to do. The party will be over. They're not going to allow it. That's why I'm telling you, when, what did Joe Biden come out? He gave a speech where he's calling for $300 million to reshape police departments. I mean, fuck you, man. Okay. Former Vice President Joe Biden is still pledging an additional $300 million in funding for police departments. Biden campaign has tried to thread the needle amid nationwide protesting. Former VP suggests the urgent need for reform. Oh, wonderful. He, he's for change we can believe in, but believes more funding, not less, is needed to enact it. Reform in the police department. I've long been a firm believer in the power of community policing, getting cops out of their cruisers and building relationships with people in the communities they are there to serve and to protect. Biden wrote in a USA Today op-ed, that's why I'm proposing an additional $300 million to reinvigorate community policing. He delivers a heartfelt message at George Floyd's funeral. So heartfelt. 
in the course. Let me see. Oh, God. Just living their life. Oh Why in this God. nation do too many black Americans wake up knowing that they could lose their life in the course of just living their life? Why does justice not roll like a river or righteousness <laughs> like a mighty stream? Why? Ladies and gentlemen, we can't turn away. We must not turn away. We cannot leave this moment thinking we can once again turn away from racism that stings at our very soul. Is anybody buying this shit that stings at our soul? What an amazing speech. I know this morning, as I was watching Morning Joe, they were like, it was so touching, and uh, the empathy gap is so evident in this current administration. Yes, the feeling our pain. Thank you. We cannot turn away from racism. Well, then, why? I'll say it again. Say it again. Why? Say it again. Why? Why do you propose policies that leave millions out? <laughs> I don't know. Why do you think it's okay to throw a fucking subsidy? Because this is what they're going to do. Throw some subsidies at people who are the, on the balls of their ass, many of whom are in the African-American community, but they will do nothing to fix the systematic rot in the system, thus raising all, all of us up together as Americans, where we can say, we are in this together. That's how you overcome it. Am I wrong? God damn it. Somebody tell me, no, Terry, you're fucking wrong. All we need is more. We need 300 million more dollars into community policing and maybe some NAACP, um, what do you call it, scholarships from Goldman Sachs and all of corporations from this hedge fund to that goddamn chicken chain to post on their Twitter feeds that they believe black lives matter. Tell me I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that an NAACP scholarship will help. It's going to help one person, perhaps. But tell me how it will fix the disparity, the broken goddamn system where the American people are... The, the middle class is now below 50% of the population. How is it going to fix... Our, uh, it's all on us again. You see what I mean? It's again another band-aid on a bleeding artery on us that says there's nothing wrong with the system. It's you. You are racist. It's only you. It's only, if you could only judge somebody by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Yeah, okay. That's not it all. That's not the whole thing, though. But that's what they're trying to say. So Joe Biden, why? Why is it? Why don't? We must not turn away. Why? Why? Righteousness like a mighty stream. The fuck out of here. How about, you know, Social Security? 
for all. Raise Social Security. How about Medicare for all? Instead of saying, you know what, I'm sick of having a system that throws subsidies on, on, on some, instead of healing our disparities, we're going to have a country that leaves no one behind. We're going to work for all. So it's like FDR made Social Security belong to all of us. It's an American program. Whether you're rich, poor, black, or white, or whatever the hell you are, it belongs to us. That's why no damn politician can touch it, as FDR said. We're going to have American programs for all of us, not just for some of us, where some people have health care and some people have subsidies and others get to in the uh, scratch and save and have their fucking third side hustle while they're pointing down at people who are lower on the ladder saying hey how come they get a subsidy goddamn welfare queens fucking the game the goddamn game that is the game and they're doing it to us again. Are we going to let them? I hope not. I really hope not. So here's Joe Biden's speech. This is what he wrote in USA Today. From the moment I launched my campaign, I've said that we are in a battle for the soul of this nation. After two weeks of daily protests with thousands of people coming out to march for racial justice in the midst of a pandemic, with gatherings in all 50 states in Washington, D.C., and in the communities of every size, the American people have shown the world exactly where we stand in this battle. We know the nation we want to be. Now we have to deliver on this moment to achieve fundamental changes that address racial inequalities and race and white supremacy in this country. President Donald Trump's hate-filled conspiracy-laden rhetoric is inflaming the racial divides in our country, but just fixing the way the president talks won't cut it. We need to root out systematic, systemic racism across our laws and institutions, and we need to make sure black Americans have a real shot to get ahead. How about everybody have a fucking shot? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. For too long, black Americans have lived with the knee on their neck. Not only institutionalized violence, but daily injustices like having the police called for sitting in a coffee shop or watching birds in the park. I support the proposal pending in New York to enhance penalties for making a false 911 call based on race, gender, or religion. No one should be subjected. I All of these seem like... I don't know the symptoms i don't know maybe i'm wrong we should also be directing our resources to actively undergo this negative effort systematic racism has and uh has had on opportunities for black americans for example african-american entrepreneurs are rejected for loans at a rate nearly 20 percentage points higher than white entrepreneurs and when they do receive funding it's far less we should prioritize support for mission-driven lenders in low-income communities by doubling, you know, like he said, uh, something about white kids and poor kids or something. 
the state small business credit initiative, we should expand the new markets tax credit program to funnel billions in investment into communities that need it. And small business administration should expand its programs that are most affected at helping launch black owned businesses. Well, there you go. For most Americans, home ownership is the key to financial stability and building generational wealth. Today, the gap between African-American and white home ownership is larger than it was in the 60s because of, yeah, well, I agree with systematic racism that in these practices, I don't know. These all seem like many symptoms that all, of course, have to be done, but they're not it's not the fucking end of the story. Oh, what do I know? I gotta get out of this country. President Trump has actively undermined progress on all these issues, including suspending the Obama-Biden administration's rule on affirmative further fair housing, which required communities to proactively examine housing patterns and identify and address policies that have a discriminatory effect. Well, maybe the Obama-Biden administration could have bailed out homeowners who were underwater during the housing crisis instead of the banks, but, you know, what do I know? I'm just, I'm just Tara Devlin on Tara Buster. Just a dumb bitch that has a shitty show that nobody watches. <laughs> Except for you guys. That's that. What does that say about you? Watching a show that everybody rejects. Why do I even bother? Why was I born? Anybody know? Oh, I. Where is it? We should be working with state, local, and tribal school leaders, as well as the presidents of historically black colleges and universities. Tribal colleges and universities and minority-serving institutions to develop plans for improving teacher diversity. More tokens will help solving the student debt crisis and investing in these historically underfunded institutions that are critical to our national success. How about you? How about we all fund schools, high and low, public schools, from the general fund instead of property taxes? Then we wouldn't have to worry about you know, increasing investing in certain places. What do I know? Across the board, from our classrooms to our courtrooms to the president's cabinet, we have to make sure our leadership and our institutions actually look like America. And we must urgently address the abuse of power in police departments. I commend the leaders in the Democratic Party and Congress for proposing legislation that includes vital reforms, banning chokeholds, ensuring the prosecution in police-involved killings are independent, collecting data regarding police use of force and violations of use of force standards, and requiring training for officers regarding racial and religious bias and their duty to intervene in another officer if another officer is abusing his or her power. Don't defund police. Support reforms, says Biden, because he wants to attract Republicans. That's the way that 
fake-ass, conservative, kiss-up-kick-down, neoliberal, goddamn fake Dems think um, that think the people want it's not the people their benefactors want that they want a kinder gentler corporatism a kinder gentler income disparity uh, disparity nation with fucking nicer cops to kick down and beat the shit out of us if we get out of line oh god help me Somebody, anybody, is anybody in Ireland listening to this show? Give me, give me a call. (laughs) Just hit me up, man. Tell me, uh, just say, hey, man, I don't eat much. If you like cats, I got a couple of them. I got to get out of this country. I know. Get up here. I do not believe federal dollars should go to police departments violating people's rights or turning violence, turning to violence as a first resort. I do not support defunding police, man. Who's going to beat your skull in when you demanding living wages? Who is going to beat you senseless when you're trying to, I don't know, storm the offices of United Healthcare? I know, Junior. <laughs> Look at Junior. He's a good boy. I've long been a firm believer in the power of community policing, getting cops out of their cruisers. Shut up. I can't even deal with this moral vacuum. We don't need a campaign. We need Biden. Oh, God. This is another article. To be a shadow president. He's he's a shadow of Biden. What are you talking about? How can he be a shadow of himself and the shadow president? Not that he's not. He's not really a shadow of himself. He is himself. Biden is... He's a fucking corporatist. He's a he's a he's a Nancy Pelosi clapper. He's a ripper. He's a knee take a knee fucking bullshitter for forty years. What has he done? He's not been on the right side of any of this shit. But this is what we got. Thanks, corporatism. This is why we're in this boat. And guess what? I hate to say it. This is why they will win again. I'm in a mood. I, I got to stop kidding myself that we can do something that this, unless the people in the streets say hell to the no mofos, we're done. So what you ban chokeholds? It doesn't change the fact that the American people can't retire or take a sick day or go to the doctor. Fucking shit. How do you think we can heal this country? They're talking about bullshit. Oh, so if we have a nice woman president who has darker pigment, everybody's going to be fucking great? It's going to be fine? Everything's fixed? No, it's not. 
It'll be another 40 years, and then some other bitch like me will be sitting in this chair or similar. Not this chair, probably. And complaining and showing a clip of the same old, same old shit. Showing a clip of Joe Biden saying, um, here's my African-American female running mate. But by that time, instead of below 50% of the population, the middle class will be gone. It'll be below 10% of the population. Everybody will be a goddamn indentured servant with four uniquely American low-paying jobs that don't have any retirement security or security. And they'll have four uniquely... Well, that'll be uh, three jobs and two side hustles. Former Vice President Joe Biden is the presumptive 2020 Democratic presidential nominee. He said, I'm ready to do that work starting on day one. Well, let me just read this last paragraph. Nothing about this fight will be easy. Institutions resist change. Are you kidding me? No kidding. Can I introduce you to the DNC? Racism has been a fixture in our society for hundreds of years. It will take leadership at the highest levels of government and sustained grassroots pressure from communities who no longer stand by silently when injustices are inflicted on people of color. Vitally, it will require all of us to examine our own conduct, our deeply ingrained habits, and our own thinking. Because it's not the system... Don't hate the player, hate the game, man. No, 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 hate the, hate the player, hate the player. That's what he's saying. All of this is related. There's a lot of racist assholes because they fall into the trap of divide and conquer. They don't see the game being played against them. They'll say, oh, well, those people, they get everything handed to them, those welfare queens. Well, if we had a system that worked for all, you would disarm them of that cudgel. And it would also mean that we would have a rallying point where we could say, we're Americans, we're in this together, all of us. We may have had a racist-ass history and started on genocide and slavery, but our better angels prevailed, and we understand that we are in this together. Just like our founders understood intellectually but couldn't actualize because of their own prejudices, e pluribus unum, out of many one, out of all of this diverse tapestry, we're in it together. So if you get sick, I get sick, and we're in it together. You don't have to go beg. We, we take care of each other in this country. Because we understand we're all connected. I don't know if this pandemic doesn't seem to shake us loose from the fact that if somebody can't get health care in this country, we're all in big effing trouble. We're all in danger. I mean, we're, we're all connected. So we take care of each other. It's the mark of a civilized society. That's how other countries who are the happiest countries on earth... That's how they get there. They understand. They're in it together. 
And I don't want to hear this shit. Oh, we're such a large country. We can never do that. We're so large. We are the richest country on earth. We have absolutely no excuse not to do it. Except our own ignorance, stupidity, and willingness to continuously fall into the same trap. Now, if I'm wrong, I would like somebody to tell me. Are you wrong? Tell me. Show me. I'm open to change. I want to know. Am I off the mark? Is it... No, uh, you're wrong. It's only... It's only this. We need community policing. Don't worry about... The incredible income disparity and upward immobility, the millions that die without health care, the thousand well, the thousands that needlessly die every year, the millions that go bankrupt, the millions that can't retire, those who can't go to the doctor when sick, the the lack of paid leave, the lack of job security, the lack of retirement security. You know, health care for some, the way that they divide and conquer us. It's not, all of that is nothing. It doesn't matter. We need a nicer cop. Some more community police. God help us. Help me. Somebody help me. And the twisting, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm working through life in this skin. So maybe I'm seeing it, I'm not seeing it properly. Somebody tell me. No, you're wrong. It's all, it's that, but you see when I'm reading this article that Joe Biden wrote, what I hear is Martin Luther King saying, Integrating a lunch counter is easy. That's the easy part. Expressing your disgust over Bull Connor and the tactics of uh, police dogs and fire hoses, that's easy. Taking an actual stand. You know what's easy? Putting an African-American female vice president on your ticket is effing easy. That is the easy way. What's your policy? F, that's what makes me so sick because it's so goddamn, it's, it's so cynical. He is counting on the stupidity of the American people and guess what? He, he won't be proven wrong. He's counting on their, st- to fall for it. Oh, whoa, how wonderful. Bam, bam, bam. A African American vice president, female candidate, <clears throat> whoopee doopy. That's easy. What do you think MLK would say? It's goddamn easy. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the. Uh, doesn't change the country. It doesn't change racism in the country. It doesn't change the a unified. C- civilization. I mean, in my opinion, it's all of these initiatives are these are patriotic imperatives that are necessary to have a functioning democracy and help heal 
the racial discord. You can't point at somebody and say, well, why does he get his? Why is he a welfare queen and king? When you're all in the same goddamn boat. Everybody in, nobody out. But that's too hard. Because that would require progressive taxation. That would require reinstating the estate tax. That would require too much thinking, big thinking. And it would also require disarming. It would require the elites who own government to willingly disarm themselves of their greatest weapon that they have against us, divide and conquer. And they don't want to do that. Just like they, the DNC wouldn't want to let go of their power. The, the dumb people. People have the power. Get the hell out of here. People uh, want a seat at the table? I'm a Democrat, not a socialist. Whatever that means, somebody, I'm still asking the question, Would if you say you're a Democrat, not a socialist, or whatever you say, that's why you're voting for Biden, or that's why you didn't like Bernie, or whatever, I want to know what that means. I have yet to receive an answer. I want to know because I want to understand. I like to understand. That's the difference between me and Republicans. I like understanding things. So I don't know. I know what to me a Democrat means. You know, somebody, in my opinion, it's somebody who wants universal health care, doesn't want to leave their fellows behind. But I don't know. I still can't get it. I don't get it. What it means. I'm a real Democrat. I'm not a plutocrat. I'm not a... Wait, here's Biden. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not a socialist. I'm not a plutocrat. Are you kidding me? I ain't a socialist. I ain't a a plutocrat. I'm a Democrat. Democrat. What are they yelling about? What are they screaming about? I ain't a socialist. I ain't a plutocrat. I'm a Democrat. Honey, you're more to the plutocrat side than the Democrat side, in my opinion. I ain't a socialist. And that was after he wanted uh, to court Bernie supporters. I ain't a socialist. I ain't a plutocrat. And he's right there counting on all the idiots in the audience to know what the fuck he's talking about. What are you talking about? You're not a plutocrat. Of course you're a plutocrat. Let's see. Plutocrat. Let's get the very definition. A person whose power derives from their wealth. Oh, well, maybe, I don't know how wealthy Joe Biden is, but his power derives from wealthy people who give him, who fund him, who give him his power, who he works for. You think he was working for We the People when he was telling 
uh, everyone that he made a pact, he made a blood brother pact with Republicans that they were going to go after the sacred cows of Social Security and Medicare and the, and the Democratic Party. And that they would all, when they faced the heat, they would all go down together. They would face that heat together like a band of brothers. Like a band of plutocratic brothers. He didn't say, you know what, it's wrong that old people can't, they, they can't have, they don't have any lives. They're living on this, the social security, the socialist security, they're choosing, it's been so gutted that they have to choose between food and medicine. Let's all make a pact and go after the plutocrats who want to keep it that way and keep people dumb and down. So we'll make a blood... We'll, we'll be blood brothers for the American people, for the weak, the underprivileged, the politically unconnected. No, no, no. He had to make a blood pact with the rich, the powerful. Anyway, whatever. People are going to get pissed off at me again. It doesn't matter. It's going to happen again. I can't stand it. I cannot stand what's happening. I mean, I'm talking about Biden. Never in a million years. Why? I mean, never in a million years would I think that the, the Democratic Party, of all the people, of all the gin joints... In this goddamn godforsaken dying empire, they had, they picked him. The guy that, well, it had to be anybody. Anybody but the dumb fucking socialist. Not dumb, I mean. The socialist working for the people. Anybody but the people, uh, right? Anybody but those uppity plebs. I don't know. Yes, I'm looking at the chat. Richard W. Joe Biden should be our wake-up and warning. Nothing will change. He's no Roosevelt or Johnson. No way. That's why it's going to get really tiring to go in the streets constantly. To be in the streets. But it has to happen. How much more? They're going to throw everything at us. Every platitude, every photo op, every stupid stupid uh any anything easy they're gonna throw it at us are we gonna settle for it it has to start right now i suggest everybody you call your democratic representative you call your senator and you tell them bullshit f this bullshit call the democratic national committee say forget you Enough with the platitudes, the bending of the knee. We've had enough. Ripping papers, stupid platitudes and, and photo ops, pandering little displays that mean nothing. Tokens. All right, anyway. That's why I get so depressed, because I'm like, why? Why? Okay, this is why I ask you, all of you, all of our listeners and supporters to continue to support the show, to spread the show, this show, 
and those like it. Invite your friends. Ask your friends. Say, this is the truth. Don't... What are you listening to MSNBC? Have you heard this? Have you heard Tara Buster? Because we're not kidding around here. I mean, I don't know. At least I'm not kidding around. Anyway, you guys aren't kidding around either. Even though weren't that many super chats tonight, I'll try not to take it personally. Even though I take everything personally and I hate, I just hate that about, I hate that part about me. I do expect, it's okay. It's only, you're the same. It's the same guys on the chat. So, you give enough. You do enough. So, that's why we need more people. We need to have more... We need a thousand more, at least, a thousand more patrons. It could happen. Hopefully, not before I stroke out or give up. Maybe one day I'll just crack up and give up and just be like, I don't know. Take a permanent vacation on a, off a cliff. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't do that. I know. You're all doing what you can. You, I'm not kidding. I'm doing what I can. I'm exhausted from life. It's depressing. You're all doing what you can. Well, we got to do more. <laughs> Whatever. What can you do? Why do I bother? Sometimes it feels so daunting because it gets me so depressed that we don't have, you know, like, why? Why Tommy Lauren? It's so... And then nobody gives us a break. That's the other thing. Every time we, we try, I try to get guests. I try to whatever. It's even other... I can't even tell you. Maybe one day. Liberal talk show hosts. Some of them... I have to say, since it's late and it's just us, nobody else is listening, there aren't some, some liberal talk show hosts, you will be surprised. They're not actually liberals. Okay? If you guess it, I will tell you. I might say yes. But take a guess. Some are not that liberal. And I'm not kidding. That's why I say you want the real liberal media. Maybe maybe this show sucks. May, that's the other thing that I say to myself. Maybe I suck. I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe I'm not thinking clearly and I think this show is kind of doing something and maybe it's not that's what goes on in my head and I'm like why why do I keep why shouldn't I maybe I should spend my time volunteering at an animal shelter you know what I mean instead of and just narrowing it down narrowing my limited lifespan into where I can maybe make a difference instead of constantly being frustrated and disappointed in because I also that's the other thing because I 
expect more from so-called liberals. And then when I find out things and I find it's, it is a, it is kind of makes me sad, but I'm talking about, there are some liberals that are on the liberal sphere of broadcasters and they're not liberal. They are not liberal at all. They're not liberals. And uh, I think if you know Ron Placone, you might know who I'm talking about. I can't say it out loud. But if, it, if somebody said it on the chat, I might, I might nod. Not Don Lemon? It's not Malloy. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's for real. Malloy is the real deal. Yeah, fake-ass liberals, like, for real. Like, not liberal. Do not have the liberal heart. Do not believe in liberals, the liberal causes. There may be socially liberal, but everything else is not liberal. They're, I mean, in their hearts. And somebody on the chat got it. Not... No, it's not Randy or Nicole. Nope. So, it's not Randy, it's not Nicole, it's not... It's not Mike at all. Of course not. It's not... Definitely not Bob Kincaid. These are real. For real. Yeah, no, Randy's the real deal. And somebody got it again. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. You got it. You know. I'm not kidding, by the way. I am not kidding. And maybe now that you'll hear with that a different ear. You might. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, maybe we'll get Poppy on here one day. She's got some good stories. So. That's all I got to say. Ask Laurent Placone. Placone, what he thinks. <laughs> Richard, with the super chat, under the wire. Yes, no, Frangela are real. They're for real. No, not Poppy. She's for real. Frangela's for real. But some people aren't real. <laughs> but they're very, they got a big platform. That's all you can say. And my shirt looks like shit now. It's got hair. It looks not that, I mean, it's just a... It's one of those free shirts I got. Well, I had to s support the Humane Society. It was given to me. It's a very comfortable shirt. I'm for real. <laughs> yes, you're real too. You're very real. You get over here. You're real. You're real. 
<laughs> oh god, yes, yes. Well, that's why. That's how you know. That's how you know. No, the people on the podcast don't. <laughs> I'm reading the chat, so you don't know. Yes, I understand. But Sin City says, but he knows. Okay. You guys have been great. I don't want to uh, turn this. I don't know. It's time. It's time to get unconscious. Maybe I can dream like Martin Luther King had a dream. I have a dream of flying and falling and teeth flying out of my skull. Those are usually my dreams. <laughs> oh, really? Is she a real lesbian? I think so. Poppy would know about that. <laughs> I can't say. It's really not my place to say. I'm not sure if that's a secret or not. <laughs> we'll get Poppy on here. Maybe she'll talk. She's got a lot of good juicy, juicy talk. So, all right, guys, thank you all. Thank you for your super chats. Thank you for your please becoming a patron. If you are somebody like me who gives a shit about the world, I wish I gave a little less of a shit about the world sometimes, don't you? And then you could be free to do, I don't know, watch fucking stupid... Uh, cooking shows and not care <laughs> I don't cook I don't really I don't know never had to cook really I live in New York and what else so if you're like me and you want the show to continue and you wanted to expand into maybe a daily show and maybe get to a point where we could hire people and we'll still have cats roaming around. Don't worry. But maybe it will be a little less annoying, a little less sucky, a little less technical problems. Maybe some people will actually want to come on the show. You know what I mean? They won't ghost me. They won't treat me like... I'm a nobody. <laughs> and they will actually care enough to l elevate another liberal voice in this goddamn black, endless pit of Dante's 15th circle of hell, known as the United States of serfs and lords. So, who's been at it for 20 years? Stephanie? Sin City? Yes, she has. Anyway, this is not just my show. At this point, I'm putting it on you. <laughs> 
if the show fails, you have failed. You failed the show. <laughs> it's sort of like the United States. If you aren't in the one percent, it's not the sh- it's not the United States. You failed, not the U.S., not the system. So we're going to go with that route. We're going to go with if this show fails, it's not me who failed. I'm going to blame you. (laughs) I'm going to blame Greg and Darth and Haiku and Robin and Patricia and Peter and Resist Evolve and Sin City and Shannon and Jim. Who else can I blame? Richard, of course. It's his fault. Terry. Oh, yes, it's definitely her fault. Peter. Darth. I said Darth. Peter Griffin. Yes. Who else will I blame? Andrea. Definitely her fault. Paradou. Definitely. Patricia, Richard, well, that's it. Jim, Terry, it's your fault. I can't blame me after all. Who else? Did I miss anybody to blame? Robin, definitely your fault. (laughs) Oh, brother. You're in trouble with your church because you're outspoken. Well, that sucks, Patricia. Then you you need a new church, man. You need a progressive church. You should start a progressive church. What? I mean, ugh. Church should be progressive, shouldn't it? All church. Yes, it's definitely Robin and Greg's fault. It's I'm blaming Greg. That's funny. Which is harder, bringing Tara more listeners or converting corporate Dems? Ooh. Who knows? Those might be equally tough. I don't know. I don't know how many people listen. Maybe it's hard because it's also... We and you know, we get more listeners through the week, too. It's not that everybody joined during the show and they listen on iTunes, they listen on here, they listen on Progressive Voices. So, they we do get a few, I don't know, not I mean, there's more than that are listening now, that's for sure, thousands, but. To make people take the extra step and actually support the show, that's that's tough. It really is. I mean, we have 150,000 likes on Facebook. And 
I mean, the fucking site makes no money or anything. You know what I mean? So it's hard getting people to do things. That's probably because people are so inundated with constant requests for their time, their this, their that, a donation, or this, or that, or be a patron. Every show, be a patron, be a patron. So, it is really about consistency, and yeah, that's how it works. But once, it really is also about momentum. That's why I try to do as many shows as I can, as I can, because you never know who you could pick up. You find somebody, they, it's like the same thing. I, I listened to Mike Malloy one day. I never heard him before. This was years ago. I was in my car. I was listening. And I was like, who is this man? This is, I love this person. And I got home, I drove home, and I stayed in my car listening to his show. That was a random... It so happened that I tuned into him. But he was on a regular radio station at the time, so... And now, you know, a lot of people has a lot, a lot, a lot of options. That's why it's also important for everybody to share the show. And the more people share and they do um, give the show a, a good review on iTunes, stuff like that, that helps. It would help if some effing other liberal might you know like I was hoping that AOC would come on the goddamn show give me a fucking break that would help I did I don't know I'll cut down that video from her when I called in and make it a little clip but it's not the same it ain't the same you know what I mean all right, everyone. It is Peter's fault, too. I know. Everyone's fault. Sin City's fault. Whose fault? Who else? It's all your fault. <laughs> Banterboard's fault. Yes. Thank you for the super chat under the wire. You're funny. Number one, he writes. <laughs> Number one in self-doubt, maybe? In disparity? Not dis it's despair, not disparity. I say disparity so much. Number one in despair. <laughs> it is my fault. I know, Robin. She's pointing it right when they say you point your finger five point four point point back right at you when you blame <laughs> I'm not blaming anybody it's fine whatever I don't care anyway it's sour grapes anyway you guys are fun and you make me want to keep going it really and you do, even though I feel like quitting approximately every 15 minutes, but that's the way my life has been. I feel like quitting my entire life approximately every 15 minutes for the past, I don't know, a couple of decade and a half, three, four, five decades. I don't know. 
So we got to keep going anyway. We're doing, we are doing what we can do to make the world a better place. All right. Everybody's probably like, who is this fucking bitch? I got to go. It's time. It is time. In the meantime, who knows? Maybe I'll do another show tomorrow. I should probably just maybe do an hour or two instead of like another. What is it? 1130 already? Holy shit. Oh, my God. Robin, you didn't have to do that. Another super chat. Oh, you know what I wanted to play? This is bullshit. I wanted to play the Angela Davis clip. Let's play that as the last thing and then we'll get out of here. I hope that nobody... I might have to play it again because it's a good one. So, because I was watching that Dick Cavett with Lester Maddox and this Angela Davis. You know how they're... It just annoyed me that Lester Maddox asshole going on about what about white people? What about white people? And anyway, here's Angela Davis. Black women, I had a, had a natural, and, and they, I suppose, thought that I might be a, quote, militant. And when you live under a situation like that constantly, um, uh, and, then, and then you ask me, you know, whether I approve of violence. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, whether I approve of guns. I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, some very, very good friends of mine were killed by bombs, bombs that were planted by racists. Uh, I remember it from, from the time I was very small. I remember the sounds of bombs exploding across the street, our house shaking. I remember my father having to have guns at his disposal at all times because of the fact that at any moment uh, uh, someone we might expect to be attacked. The man who was at that time in con complete control of the city government, his name was Bull Connor, uh, would often get on the radio and make statements like, uh, 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 niggas have moved into a white neighborhood, uh, we better expect some bloodshed tonight. And sure mm. enough, there would be bloodshed. Uh, after the four young girls who were, who lived very, who lived, one of them lived uh, next door to me. Um, I was very good friends with the sister of, of another one. My, my sister was very good friends with all three of them. My mother taught one of them in her class. My mother, in fact, when the bombing occurred, one of the mothers of, uh, one of the young girls called my mother and said, uh, can you take me down to the church to pick up, uh, Carol, I, you know, we heard about the bombing, and I, and I don't have my car. And they went down, and what did they find? They found limbs and heads strewn all over the place. And then after that, uh, in my neighborhood, all of the men organized themselves into an armed patrol. They had to take their guns and patrol our community every night because they did not want that to happen again. I mean, that's why when someone asked me about violence, uh, uh, I just, uh, I just find it incredible it, because it, what it means is that the person who's asking that question has absolutely no idea what black people have gone through, what black people have experienced in this country since the time the first black person was kidnapped from the shores of Africa. Mm. I found that 
amazing because it's true there's no historical context so the reporter in that interview asked angela davis her stand what do you think about violence using violence to achieve your the means your your aims and she she read him the riot act what are you talking about violence this is a time um that when she which she was referring to the four little girls that were these four um the 16th street baptist church bombing occurred what year 1963 four members of a local ku klux klan chapter planted at least 15 sticks of dynamite attached to a timing device beneath the steps located on the east side of a church four little girls got murdered so that's just one incident of disgusting white supremacists attacking and terrorizing the black community so then to ask angela davis about violence what does she thinks of violence meanwhile even now I was just listening to it was something on Twitter, and as a you know, I'm the biggest one of the sticks up my ass is uh, these right wing fuckers who get help from the the little YouTube right wing fuckers who get help from the big guys like Tommy Lauren, who is now a bigger person in the right wing blogosphere, thanks to the Hannitys of the world, the Fox Newses of the world. And she's somebody that on her Twitter feed recently was attacking Angela Davis again, saying oh, she's the militant Angela Davis having absolutely no historical context of what this, this country has inflicted on its citizens. So in their world, everything is they're the victims. The oppressed are the victims, and that is one of the hallmarks of fascism. The, those who have the power are turned, they uh, present themselves as the victimized, constantly. It's part of the game. Anyway, it's only a game if we continue to play it. So that's why I'm here. I'm hoping that some people might wake up and understand that we're in the game, man. Stop playing. Stop falling for it. It's not black people against white people or it's or it's working people against the elites. So everybody in, nobody out. That is how we're, we will fix this country if given a chance. If we if we don't give up, if we allow, uh, if we allow them to get away with it, they'll get away with it. They're, they're trying. They're trying. Joe Biden is trying. Nancy Pelosi's trying. But we know better. All right, guys. So let's get unconscious and hopefully we'll see what happens. Maybe tomorrow I'll check in. We'll do a short little show i gotta cut these terror busters down maybe they shouldn't be four hours every night 
<laughs> I don't know. Who wants to listen to me for fucking four hours? Oh, you do. I know you do. He said I do. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for hanging out. My name is Tara Devlin. If you are listening for the first time or new listener, please like and subscribe. Also, hit that notification bell on YouTube so you will be notified when we do another show. Tell your friends. Give a good review on iTunes. And if you can, become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin because we're the liberal media, the only liberal media. We are in this together, and we need each other. So I will see you very soon. My name is Tara Devlin. Like I always say, we stick together, we win, and we will win because we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of humanity. I will see you very soon.